0: Mike Mayo, which, uh, if the Panthers are down, uh, what, 3 1 after two periods, uh, I would good. have to say I, I defer to the notion that, well, I have to get up early I tomorrow. Leave. I don't think I'll exactly. be able to watch the rest of this game. Because no who would way. want to sit with an incredible no rat like Mayo? <laughs> because, I, mean, I had to take it all day yesterday. On the, oh, really? on the radio show. The show. I fired back with everything I had. I even said that the officiating was very <laughs> funny. You in
1: favor up to favor <laughs> the refs
0: and The Capitals, like a joke of an argument, yeah. That's I great. Mean, We're uh, desperate.
1: Yeah. <laughs> We're bitching about refs in the hockey.
0: Refs yeah, and hockey. Brefs. Man, they call a lot of penalties, you know what, if you looked at it. Very pathetic state of mind to be in. That's what happens when uh, you got a big mouth mm-hmm. and you start losing a bet. Uh, you know, so I, I, I give May all the liberty he wants. I mean, uh, yes, if he's up too well when he comes on the show tomorrow, I'll just give him the whole show. No point nail. in us coming back with anything. It's like an argument with your wife, right? What's the point of coming back with uh, something? Yeah. You think she's buying your argument? Of no. course not. That's why you're fighting in the first place. <laughs> <one>. Exactly. <laughs>
2: the time. Wake up with Defoe, joined by Luby. Welcome to The Defoe Show.
0: On a glorious Monday. Good to be with you here on The Defoe Show. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz. And I almost ran out of tranquilizers. Over the weekend. Thank goodness for uh, the uh, widespread use of legalized marijuana, (laughs) marijuana dispensaries, because that that was as wild a sporting weekend as you could possibly imagine. Uh, So many different things happening on so many different levels and different platforms. It was just absolutely scintillating, and it only figures to be enhanced this coming week. So good to have you guys with us. Uh, As I said, Mike Luby Lubitz, uh, a very nervous man. He wants nothing to do with the aforementioned Mike Mayo, next <laughs> where he's proposed yet another ridiculous bet that uh, you would think that he has 0.0 Blutarski numbers, chances of winning, as uh, he now predicts uh, that the Tampa Bay Lightning will sweep the Florida Panthers out of the second round of the playoffs, uh, which in the NHL really is, uh, that should stand for uh, anything can happen, right? It oh, should yeah. be uh, A-C-H, anything can happen in the National Hockey League. Uh, Of the eight series that were contested, five went to a seventh game. And of those, uh, the two that were played yesterday, both go into overtime. Calgary prevailing late at night uh, over the Dallas Stars, who who were kind of a surprise. Many people thought Calgary, and uh, they're still alive to do this, uh, I would imagine, uh, still uh, has a possibility of Calgary winning the Stanley Cup, although I don't know that I saw it after that struggle that they had. In a low-scoring series, uh, I think that was the lone low-scoring series, uh, the Calgary-Dallas series, dominated by the goaltenders and uh, defensive play. Three-two last night in overtime, and so uh, the Calgary Flames will now go against the Edmonton Oilers, who also had to go to a, a game seven to win their series. They were trailing in that series, three games to two, and uh, they feature um, you know a wide array of talented players, including. Uh, a guy that many people feel uh, might be the best in the NHL today. You have the second coming of Wayne Gretzky, Connor McDavid, David. who uh, had a huge series. He, he certainly showed up uh, as a, a star presence in the uh, Edmonton uh, series victory as uh, they, they were uh, uh, winners in seven games uh, of their uh, contest and uh, end up now facing the Calgary Flames. So that, that really is Wild West, right? I mean, uh, Calgary, way out west. Edmonton. Way out west, and uh, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, You would have to think that that uh, bodes very well for the Colorado Avalanche to chalk out of the Western Conference in the NHL to probably prevail. Uh, They will take on the St. Louis Blues. who um, The Blues, uh, they won in six, I I believe. I don't remember their series at all. (laughs) (laughs) Won their series, yeah. It's crazy. It's hard to keep track of all of the different things that were happening, especially as we're focused here on the East Coast. Uh, We got it. We did it, Luby. We came through.
1: We did, thank goodness! Wow, I mean, <laughs> oh my god,
0: that could not have been more exciting on uh, Friday oh night, and that yeah. was uh, the was uh, like Panthers' a week victory.
1: It feels like it was last year.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know what it reminded me of? It really did. It reminded me of that whole Nick Willenda thing when he was going over to Grand Canyon there on the tightrope, and they misgaged the wind. And I realize that the wind does blow through canyons. It does happen like that. And all of a sudden, you get like the Santa Ana winds are kicking up. And they've made their way over to Las Vegas. And uh, this guy is trying to balance himself. Now, uh, he was sort of attached to the thing. So it wasn't like he was going to go into the bottom of the abyss there and uh, fall like 1,500 feet or or something like that. But uh, nonetheless, it was kind of treacherous to watch as uh, he was praying to God. And as we've often referenced, uh, probably – uh, the most, uh, unusual aspect of that whole telecast well, it was that Joel Osteen was, uh, assisting from a mental standpoint, supposedly Nick Walenda as he went out there and he was giving him confidence and there were many God references like, who oh God? It was crazy. It was like some kind of religious revival more so than uh, a a stunt being executed by a guy who uh, should be well-practiced at this. I mean, the whole family has been doing this for like 2,000 years. And uh, he's in the middle of the Grand Canyon there, not looking too sure of himself, wearing a (laughs) pair of ballet slippers and uh, holding a rod. And and I think uh, I I don't want to, you know... I don't know. implying that maybe, uh, you know, that this uh, actually took place, but I, I think Joel Osteen was having his route held by, Yolanda's know, wife.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah, you're fine. You're fine.
0: <laughs> Keep going, Nick. Keep going. They're making out there, and, uh, you know, it's kind of crazy. You see, Joel Osteen, I mean. Not that I believe that he might be a little bit of, uh, you know, a phony variety, but uh, he's very good at what he does. I have to say, he's very good at what he does. When you watch those lectures, you start (laughs) to believe that, uh, you know what, maybe Jesus can come and save me. But I don't think so.
1: (laughs) I don't know. That's a a long shot. Not from uh, the
0: neurosis that was attached uh, with this... uh, NHL Stanley Cup oh, chase by the gosh. Florida Panthers, who now run into their nemesis, the team that knocked them out last year, yeah. and went on to win the uh, Stanley Cup. What, we were talking about back-to-back championships for yes. the Tampa Bay Lightning? Yes, the, the back-to-back championships. They championship. for a third in a row? Yes. Is, is that right? Yes. Third in a row for the yes. uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. And uh, they, they looked uh, pretty sharp in beating the Toronto Maple Leafs in, in another Game 7 uh, thriller in Manila a uh, contest uh, where, I, dare I say it, do I want to mention this word early in the program here and early in the week because uh, game one of this series between the Lightning and the Panthers will take place tomorrow. And then later in the program, this is great, because uh, we love this girl, uh Jessica Playlock of the Panthers broadcast team, also on the Marlins broadcast team for Bally Sports Florida, will join us. And, uh, you know, it, it wouldn't be surprising if she had just bitten off all of her nails. While uh, watching this series and trying to help analyze it because uh, it was Meshuggana from the start and uh, characteristic of uh, virtually all of the series that took place, the Rangers winning a game seven in overtime last night. So uh, they advance uh, Rangers and Pittsburgh was a hell of a series and the uh, Rangers uh, now will uh, take on Carolina in the next round of the playoffs. I was happy for Gerard Gallant. I, I thought he really got the shaft from the Florida Panthers. And then it was surprising. I, you know, maybe there's something there in the personality with Gerard Gallant, one of those hockey hard-ons that you see that uh, you're thinking, this guy's not taking any crap from ownership. No general manager is coming in there and saying, hey, hey you know what, Jerry? I, I think you ought to play so-and-so more. And he's more likely to get a, a resounding go-fuck-yourself than he is to uh, get <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. So, uh, you know, that's the old theory. uh, The cliche would apply there. Uh, Maybe he wore out his welcome with management. It's one thing to have your voice and your message lost on the players. That's the other cliche that's usually associated with a coach's dismissal, mysterious coaching dismissal. Yeah, well, they needed to hear another voice. Did that with the Islanders with Barry Trotz. I mean, Trotz is an accomplished coach. Yes. Who could argue with this man's success over the years? Uh, Does he not know how to coach? But. That was a, a word from Lou Lamarello, who runs the uh, New York Islanders organization, that uh, they might have needed to hear a different voice. I, I think he might have needed to hear a different voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lamarello. That That's usually more the case uh, than the players. But, uh, yeah, in the case of Trotz, I mean, uh, how can you possibly, uh, you know, if you had an interim coach like uh, Brunette, who's uh, now distinguished himself, I mean, how can you get rid of this guy after you no, won the no. playoff series? No, no, no. impossible, I mean, wouldn't there. it? Yeah, he's there. Led him to the number one record uh, in the NHL this year after he took over from Joel Quenville. After a lot of- And uh, then finds a way to win this playoff series. E- even though, I mean, this was Willanda-esque, was it not? Did you not feel like you were on a tightrope the entire time? <laughs> Th- this looked like yet another loss uh, in-, in that game six clincher for the Florida Panthers. Appeared to be dead in the water. They're trailing in the game once again. They find a way to uh, tie it up late and, and then uh, get the win in overtime, which was their second overtime win of the series. Of the four games they won, two in OT coming from behind. Uh, each team traded uh, rather lopsided victories in a game. Yes. Uh, I guess uh, you could call the Capitals winning game one. Well, I, I, their uh, game three victory was lopsided yes. in their favor. Yes. Game one, a uh, very lackluster performance by the Florida Panthers. Game and two, they, they rebounded, away. looked like themselves. Yes. They lose game three mysteriously. Yes. Come back and uh, tie it up in game four miraculously after being down three goals. That was uh, ugly, and uh, oh no, no, that was uh, the, the three-goal uh, deficit was in Game Five. Yes, that pivotal Game Five. Yes, so. yes,
1: yes. Game, the Game Four was the one where they were down on a goal late, yeah. and they pulled the goalie oh, they with like an hour the goalie and a half with three a to go. Yeah,
0: <laughs> then <laughs> like a ridiculous uh, <laughs> coaching blunder <laughs> of enormous proportions, and it somehow works out. And so Game Five uh, was a
1: three-goal deficit, and then Game Six was another chippy affair. That they were close, but still got down and then came back and won.
0: I don't know if I could take three more series like I that. I can't. I, I really don't, and, and I <laughs> certainly can't take <laughs> wagering on these things anymore. I can't. Enough is enough, Mayo. You win, man. I, I'm I'm I putting mean, up the white flag. We'll go to dinner somewhere on you, and uh, that'll yeah, be I'm that. Done. Don't ever mention my name again. All right. I
1: love that he's trying to double down. Good for him. And he's gotten even crazier with the bet because, by all I'm accounts, the Panthers should win this series, and if they're not, they should at least get a game. So he's just going. But now all he's in. making ridiculous <laughs> he's demands. He's going
0: you know? all in. <laughs> It's kind of like the, uh, you know, in, uh, what was that, Dog Day afternoon, you know, where, where the demands just keep ratcheting up, right? Pacino sees uh, that he, he's he's completely screwed. He can't get out of his thing. Now I want a plane. I want a gas yeah, stop. I want okay. this. I want that. And uh, that, that's how Mayo was acting right now. He wants 10 to 1 odds. And it's like, Mike, just make a bet. If you think they're going to get swept, then good. Say they're going to get swept and put your money where your mouth is. I. I'm no done. 10 to 1, no this, no that. I mean, otherwise, don't make ridiculous pronouncements like that uh, in, in a sour, bitter reaction to the fact <laughs> that he lost. Yeah, You know what's funny about that, too? Uh, was he not so gracious in defeat? He was great. After all of us talk about this, how long have we been doing this? For like a uh, month and a half. It's been
1: in a while now.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Beating this uh, thing to death. It's gone on but, uh, forever. No, nobody, does anybody care about our bet on the Panthers? No, no, we no, do. Nobody cares. No one else cares. Only we do. <laughs>
1: Would they but it
0: radically enhanced uh, my uh, overall involvement in the series, and uh, you know, to the point where every second that ticked off the clock seemed to be of vital importance. Did it not? I mean, uh, that, that really got interesting to watch from a lot of different aspects. It looked like the Panthers were on the ropes almost the entire That's time, serious, they were yes. never really in a commanding position in that series. Now, Tampa Bay and uh, Toronto, I I would think you would have to say that Tampa Bay faced a much more difficult assignment in beating the Toronto Maple Leafs, who were a very good team all season long,
3: uh,
0: than the Panthers did in facing the Capitals, who eked their way in as the eighth seed. uh, Even though, and, and, you know, if you looked at the point totals, uh, they had about 100 points, I think. The Panthers had like a buck 22. So if you're making a baseball equation, we talked about this, they were essentially 10, 11 games better than the Washington Capitals during the course of the regular season. And you would think that that would have given them an edge. They have home ice advantage, which isn't that big of an edge in the Uh. NHL. And they managed to uh, make their way through. But uh, certainly was not in any kind of an overwhelmingly convincing fashion uh, yet. The 0 for 17, I believe it was, the final tally on the power play you would think that that would have to reverse. Because their power play wasn't that ugly. They just didn't score any goals on it. Does that make any sense? I mean, mean, uh, it wasn't as if the power play that they uh, exhibited in this series against uh, the Washington Capitals, what was so pathetic that uh, they never had any chances. They had like a zillion scoring chances. They just never put the puck in the net.
1: In the latter stages, it got better. I mean, early on, they would had some pretty rough power plays. But the last couple games, they were a lot more aggressive and they were a lot more on it. They just couldn't get off. Samsonov. Samsonov, that's what's funny. In the end, they, the Capitals lost, but Samsonov had a great series. The dude yeah. came in after a rough for, uh, in the, se- when the second game when the goalie had sort of lost his shit, and he sort of held down the fort and actually got them to a series lead, and it looked like they were going to win the series. So uh, he was just tough to beat, especially on the power play. I don't know what it was, but the Panthers just couldn't knock one home, but they were way better. The, second, the last two games, they were much better on the power play. They just couldn't yeah. get a freaking goal. It wasn't goal.
0: as if, you know, they brought the puck up and uh, yeah, it you know, lost inept. it. After making a couple of dinky passes uh, on the outside and it went down the ice and they had to get it back again. A guy stands behind the net for 20 seconds or ticking off the clock and you're saying, go already, go. You're 514 for Christ's sake. Exactly. It it turned me into an insane man, uh, this this hockey series. I'm not sure I could take much more, but uh, I I do like, I mean, it never really, I guess all of these different conversations that people have had uh, here, we originate from Florida on the show. And uh, there was always, uh, you know, talk of, uh, well, geez, are there any in-state rivalries? Like, uh, I don't know that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dolphins. No. Certainly the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Dolphins no. or the Jacksonville Jaguars and Tampa Bay don't, don't represent any real heated rivalry in my estimation. I, I don't see that there at all. Maybe to the hillbillies up north, you know, they get all excited when Jacksonville's playing Tampa Bay. No. But I, I don't feel any kind of passion, uh, you know, emanating from uh, the whole prospect of, uh, facing uh, a team in football that's from inside the state. Nobody cares about the Rays and the uh, Marlins don't meet that often. When they do, uh, really, uh, you usually just concede the fact that the Rays, somehow, miraculously, with far worse circumstances than the Miami Marlins face yep, yep. with their new retractable dome stadium, yep, which yep. Uh, isn't even new anymore, and you know, yep. the fact that they have a much bigger population and a base here and are closer to Latin American countries that were supposed to fuel a lot yeah, of interest. Time, yep. And, and exhibit a lot of interest in Major League Baseball. That was one of the principles that uh, the team uh, originally uh, conceived. It uh, was going to work for them. It never has. I do have to say though, uh, remember Alex Fernandez? How fat he was uh, as a yes. player, and then he like ballooned up to like like 400 pounds. He looked like Buster Douglas. Yes, right before he we, uh, went into uh, that diabetic coma after uh, winning the championship uh, against Mike Tyson. Uh, they just had this '97 Marlins reunion. Twenty-five years. Yep. And, and Alex Fernandez looks great, man. Oh, good friend. He, he lost like 200 pounds. This guy.
1: <laughs> was it really 200.
0: Good friend. Oh, him. he was, always, he was always like a good guy. I, I always liked Alex Fernandez. Uh, I was a big like, fan. Uh,
1: he was a UM guy or South Florida guy. I was a huge fan.
0: Represents a lot of uh, good things, uh, you know, about the area here. And, uh, seems to be a good ambassador for South Florida as a sporting entity. And uh, he looked great. He really did. Nice. At the 97 reunion. So, uh, that was good. Uh, although, um, you know, I, I, I don't know that, uh, that, that team, uh, you know, could really relate to all of these one-run losses that are being occurred by the uh, Miami Marlins now, who uh, are just about hanging like you would expect, right? Like that bug that's in a spider web that can't quite crawl its way up and get out of the whole mess. They're just entangled in, in, in a, a web of uh, unfortunate circumstances that they've created themselves and supposedly are swimming in a sea of red ink, the likes of which may drive, can you believe this, may drive the possibility that A-Rod will become an investor. <laughs> Imagine that. Cheater exits. Yeah. See, now, now, that would be the ultimate, too. And cheater, classic. Mr. Success, Mr. Uh, you know, Quiet, uh, did everything the right way, dignity and all of this and class. Uh, and here, here's A-Rod, this cheating goofball, who just happens to have like a minus touch with everything that he puts his hands on. But what if he came in and became the savior for the Miami Marlins? That, that would be a story that was just wrought. Uh, with inherent irony, that uh, Jeter couldn't do it and left here uh, kind of—I uh, don't know—was that a uh, cloud of shame? Uh, I don't know what, what was the deal. It, it was a very, very suspicious weird. exit. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, by Derek Jeter. Uh, what if Arod came in and replaced him? That—that that, that would be awesome. All right, so uh, we have the hockey thing set up for tomorrow night. No bets. All bets yeah, are off. I'm done. Um, I'm running
1: them on. I'm done betting. That was a lot.
0: Jessica Blaylock will help us uh, analyze that. Uh, yes, the sir. word that really comes to mind, though, that pops in your head right away is what? Vasilevsky. And oh, uh, this guy was great. He stood on his head in that uh, game seven against the Toronto Maple Leafs. He and uh, he, he was the main impetus in the Tampa Bay Lightning getting through that game. Uh, Vasilevsky was great against the Panthers last year. He had a couple of uh, weak moments, but uh, more or less was a differential in the series, which the Panthers lost four games to two. And they took a lot of satisfaction away from that. And the usual cliches applied. Well, you know what? We lost in the first round, but uh, that was to the eventual Stanley Cup champions. Great. You still lost in the first round. Yeah, (laughs) you lost. A bunch (laughs) of schmucks. (laughs) No no disgrace for some of these teams, though. They got knocked out in the first round of the NHL playoffs. What a a bloodbath this whole thing is. Yeah,
1: it's a joke. It's crazy. the, The way the East is. Me- All right, so so
0: many things happening. I mean, uh, there were a zillion different things taking place, including the Heat then uh, clinched their series finally yes, against sir. the Philadelphia 76ers, who, wow, I mean, you talk about the towel coming in from the corner. Did they throw in a towel in that game six? What on earth? This process uh, has uh, ground to a halt with the Philadelphia 76ers, and, uh, wow, if ever a team need to just uh, completely regroup and uh, think through what, what it is that they're doing. James Harden could he possibly command uh, uh, like what? What are they going to have to pay him like two hundred fifty million dollars for five years? Well,
1: it's the max it, it's if they if they re-sign him. in this. He's allowed to stay in this deal, and that's on yeah. him for forty-seven million. Or he opts out, and he was supposed to, if he was James Harden, get five years, two hundred seventy million. Now the guy we saw is not getting that from anyone. Like, no one's giving no, that. No, I mean,
0: I mean was, he, was uh, he may as well be Hawthorne Wingo out there. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's a value to the team. He had one quarter. Disappeared again, know. Uh, you know, in, in both games, five and six, uh, after having that one hot fourth quarter. And uh, yep. just uh, intermittent greatness is all you get from this guy anymore. And at this point, yep. And it's more rare than it is, uh, yep. you know, a consistent happening. Uh, it used to be amazing. You'd look in any box score, you'd see Harden's name, and it was like 38 points, uh, you know, 16 assists, yep. nine rebounds, yep. uh, you know, and night after night after night. Even and his team was winning uh, when he was with the Houston Rockets. Yes. Since he's drifted around, uh, it, it's been uh, abysmal at best uh, for James Harden, and, and he looked like a shell of what he was just a couple of years ago in this series against the Heat at a time where a guy like that could take Chris Paul, same thing. All of a sudden, he's Nowhere. a shot fighter. No way. Yeah. And uh, it happens, right? You see it in boxing more often than in other sports. I, I don't know if this is going to bear out, you know, all the way through the future. But uh, can you imagine being an owner of a team? I don't care how much money you have. Like, would you pay $47 million for a dog, Luby, no matter how much you love the dog? Oh, no, you're talking the wrong guy.
2: $47 million, right? You, you, you blow by, uh, you know,
0: a uh, 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 place and you see a dog and you go, wow, that, that dog looks great, huh? How much is it? Yeah, you're figuring the guy's going to say, well, you know what? Uh, sign the adoption papers here. 200 gets you out yeah, the door yeah. with the dog. Yep, yep. All right, which is fine, right? You're donating supposedly to uh, some kind of society that's going to further and advance uh, the possibility that these dogs will be spared and eventually find a good home like my two dogs, Skippy and Holly, right? They're very happy here. I presume. Although, you know, Holly fooled us a little bit that she was this, uh, you know, super friendly, exuberant uh, (laughs) puppy. And uh, now, quite frankly, she's a bitch.
1: She hates everyone but you. (laughs) I
0: love that. (laughs) But I'm glad I'm, I'm taking care of, but I wouldn't have paid $47 million. I mean, if they said to me $47 as much as I love Skippy, I might have had to pass on that, no? So imagine you're the owner of the Philadelphia 76ers, and and it's Harden's option, whether he wants to come back or not, for $47 million. I don't even think it has to be mutual. I think it's a player option. Who who structured these contracts? In the NBA, I mean, th- that that is amazing, right, that a guy who just had a dog of a season and looked like absolute garbage in the postseason. Yes. And, and that's after forcing his way onto your team after just dumping on another team that had uh, all kinds of great expectations because of the fact that he was on the roster but just wasn't the same guy. Now, that was more uh, the fault, uh, I would say, of Kyrie Irving being a space cadet yes. than it was of James Harden uh, losing his uh, – his greatness uh, and his big edge that he had over other players in the NBA. But uh, nonetheless, it, it looked pretty clear. Did it not that this guy, it's Jerry quarry time. He correct?
1: shot. Yeah. He shot. I mean, shot he, fighter.
0: Yeah. Put him <laughs> out there. It's a name, but uh, other than that, it's kind of going to be an easy win for the guy. that's it's looking to find a, you know, a way to force the champion's hand and get a fight with Muhammad Ali. That, that, that's pretty much what's happening. But he, he has the option, I, I believe, to uh, come back to he can opt in. the 76ers for $47 million. Yes.
1: yes. I, I mean, <laughs> he was supposed to opt out because, to, again, you want the long-term deal, especially at his yeah. age. The way he was playing, if he was still good, it wasn't going to last long. Till you get Who the five would give him 70. that
0: contract now after uh, seeing that? Now, no one, no
1: one. But going in, remember he had a nice stretch at the beginning with the Sixers and it looked like he was motivated again. Remember last year yes, with the Nets, the first half, where he showed he could be a different Harden. He was going to get five years 270. Like, it was an automatic...
0: 270, I think, is what he weighs right now.
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah, he I mean, put he, on he's weight. become Oliver
0: Miller only in the <laughs> backcourt.
1: <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. Well, look, that's the thing. It's not even that he didn't play well in the playoffs, which we've seen. He only shot two shots in the whole second half of that. Like, it's an elimination game. You know, the process, the latest process is on the table. And he only shot, and Embiid's dying. Embiid literally, for the last two games, was holding his back the whole series. And he's trying. He's out there. He's bleeding. He's sweating. And Harden's like, eh. Dude had only had two shots. Like, not that he made them. He only put up two shots when their team couldn't hit the side of a barn.
0: This is an arcane reference here, but uh, watching Embiid, and this was before your time, uh, he reminded me of the actor Walter Brennan in the show The Real McCoys where he just was like slumped over the entire time. And every time he made a move, it was with a limp, and he was holding the side of his back there. I mean, Chester from Gunsmoke uh, with... uh, you know, even more chronic back problems. that—that uh, that was Joel Embiid in the series. Uh, Doc Rivers gets a free pass. He comes back and believe it or not, is highly coveted, supposedly, by the Los Angeles Lakers. They're disappointed that Rivers is going to be uh, getting a nod and uh, returning to the Philadelphia 76ers. But uh, the Heat, they did what they uh, had to, uh, obviously. Another cliche there, if I can throw one out there. That's fine. They uh, finished it off, and and, and they looked impressive in the last couple of games. Yes. Uh, They they dominated the Philadelphia 76ers, something you were expecting a little bit more of in the series. Uh, You thought, okay, Philly, with Embiid back, uh, they can win one game. Uh, Those were two ugly games. In Philadelphia, but Luby, <laughs> and this was the big question that was being asked on social media and uh, in various sports circles: If you were the Miami Heat, would you rather tangle with the Milwaukee Bucks, who lost to game seven, got blown out by the Boston Celtics yesterday, or would you rather face the Celtics? who, as we were saying, we picked up on this uh, sort of at the midway point of the season, right around the All-Star oh, game. Yeah, yeah, All of a yeah. sudden, the Celtics were playing great. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's not like we noticed at first, but uh, you couldn't help but see that uh, something was happening there. And uh, they, they still got pressed to seven games by Milwaukee, who was a vastly superior opponent uh, when with at the then than Philadelphia was oh, with, yeah. with Embiid, despite Embiid's brilliant season leading up to the uh, postseason. So uh, what would you say? Now, most people would say that they'd rather not see uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, especially he of the uh, four changes of pivot feet Ah. during the course of uh, executing (laughs) a (laughs) layup. How are you supposed to defend that without fouling? I mean, honestly, uh, referees uh, really need to take a look at the floor once in a while. Well, that's what's saying. and, And watch what this guy's doing. Well, that's what
1: is interesting. Like People have hailed him. You know, he's the best in the world now, which I'm not going to fight he him. He is
0: great. I mean, it's fun to watch. He is a very gonna fight him. great, talented player. But my God, if you give a guy five steps to the basket, well, I don't know it. that I could score in the NBA, but uh, you, you, you hit it up, on the head earlier before the show. I mean, it's like the little kid that gets the ball in half court and runs all the way to the <laughs> basket <laughs> and then puts up like. an underhanded layup.
1: It's what it looks like when he gets Without the
0: ball. Without a single bounce of the ball. He it's worse it on the time. inside, though, when he starts making all these dipsy doodle moves, uh, you know, where he's uh, back and forth and doing all this shake and bake stuff. And uh, you're watching this guy's feet and he, he really does. He looks like Len Goodman <laughs> lecturing some, uh, you know, rapper about uh, how to do the cha-cha. <laughs>
1: and he never dribbles like that's what's great. He'll grab a rebound and not put it right back up, but somehow be on the other side of the hoop without dribbling and then dunk it. And it's like, how did how did he get there without dribbling? <laughs>
0: it's crazy, yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, it just I, I I mentioned this guy before because uh, I used to play a lot of uh, three on three, four and four, even uh, you know some full court basketball. But it's mostly half court. Uh, when I lived in Miramar here, uh, and uh, I was in my thirties, just uh, you know started the family there. The Jess man was just born. You to go out and play basketball every night, uh, and there was a guy named David Glazer who uh, in these two on two and three on three games. Uh, you, you might end up guarding uh from time to time in the low post. Now, now he, he wasn't a bad basketball player. He wasn't great, but he, he wasn't bad. But uh, he, he would change pivot feet half a dozen times. I hate that. Then, then hit you in the chest with an elbow, put up a hook shot that missed, and call a foul on you. <laughs> and you're like, Dave, I mean, uh, you know, never mind the the half a dozen traveling incidents that led up to that shot. And the elbow to the chin. I mean, how could you have the nerve to possibly say, "I got it"? <laughs> but uh, you can't defend that. I mean, if a guy's just going to, you know, change pivot feet with impunity and and be able to get away with it for the entire ball game because uh, the refs never look at the guy's feet, impossible to stop. So, so that might have been a real problem for the uh, Miami Heat, who don't necessarily. I mean. Bam of on the uh, you know all-defensive team. Uh, it seems like year after year he's a candidate or they're screaming that he should have been the defensive player of the year. Or among, uh, you know, and he is a guy that gets consideration, but I, I don't think he can defend uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, uh, that would have been a blatant mismatch, would it not?
1: Well, I think what you would have done is just thrown a lot of bodies at him. Throw
0: men at him? Uh, you you know, would have, thrown, I would have just thrown
1: a lot of guys at him. I mean, look, they showed what I said two years ago. And I I was sort of proven wrong because Middleton has become a legit number two for a team that won a title, but everyone else is in. And they lost P.J. Tucker, who was a huge part of that team, gave them a lot of toughness. They wouldn't have lost like that versus Celtics the last two games if they have a P.J. Tucker on their team. And they lost a couple other guys, so they're just not as deep as they were, and that was a big part of their winning. And Drew Holiday had a really good series at the end of last year because he could be the third guy. Without Middleton, they eventually ran dry. And that was the thing is people are like, well, who would you rather? You don't want to face Giannis. I'm like, yes, I do. The Bucs without Middleton, I would much rather face the Bucs without Middleton than a fully healthy Celtics team. The Celtics are literally the heat not a little better defensively and a little less deep. So, like, it's hard to beat your own style a lot of the time. So I'd rather face the Bucs team which is, look look what they did. Giannis was great the first quarter, and then the rest of the game, he still can't shoot a three, and he still can't shoot middle. So go, go Giannis. Run around like an asshole, and let's see if anyone else can beat us. And that's what, that's what the, they did with the Suns, the Mavs. They're like, look, I, we don't care what Paul and Ayton and Cameron Payne and Cameron Johnson do. You're not going to beat us, Booker. And he didn't. We're like, Giannis, we don't care what the hell you do. No one else is going to beat us. And they got demolished like, the Celtics don't play that way. Like Marcus Smart will come out of nowhere with fucking 25. And like they're very much like the Heat where your star could be Look at this guy Williams
0: off. yesterday. It's seven threes like exactly. the, he Rex against and the Bulls. Incredible. So that's the thing about uh, the Celtics. No, you I, I, I like the on Celtics team. I, I, obviously, it's going to be, you know, you, you would think uh, highly contentious all the way through. I don't it's know what the season war. record was, but uh, the Celtics earlier in the year were not very good. Yeah. And they rounded into form, and the way they uh, rebounded in this series, uh, they were down three games to two, went to Milwaukee and won. Yep. And, uh, you know, they, they had blown that uh, game five and, yep. and found themselves in, in a real predicament, but managed to uh, gather themselves and, and win in Milwaukee and, and then blow out City yesterday with an amazing performance all the way around. Uh, red-hot shooting performance. Uh, Jason Tatum is getting salutes yeah. from uh, all of the uh, even most cynical Observers of basketball saying, uh, "Yeah, the guy's a legit superstar at this point, oh, or, yeah. or darn close to it." And uh, they they made uh, you know a, a real attempt to uh, work in synchronization. So, uh, uh, sort of, yeah. uh, I mean, a mirror image in some ways of yeah, the Miami Heat, Heat, Heat uh, maybe yes. with a little bit better talent all the way around at the top level, especially yes. if your guy Tyler Hero is not up to par.
1: Well, that's but, the thing. He is, hasn't been. The Heat don't have Lowry, and whenever he comes back, he's not himself. And he was supposed to be a big part of this playoff run. Bam and Hero are supposed to be the two and three, and they're inconsistent. Butler has become... Butler was the best player in the playoffs this year. I mean, Giannis was the only one close, and Giannis hasn't done it. Like, Butler's been great every game, but he doesn't have a number two. Like, the Celtics, between Brown and Tatum, you get them every night, but the Celtics don't go, like, 11 deep, like the Heat. We're bringing out your Seven in that last game, and he played well, and and Shrews woke up, and so that's the little difference in these two teams... But they should go head-to-head. Head. It should be a freaking war, which, as a fan, I'm not really excited about it, to be Pete, honest.
0: Uh, two-point favorites, uh, 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 yeah, uh, two favorites at home. Very low a quarter of points there. Two-point favorites at home against the Celtics. Uh, and uh, both of those teams will be in action, the uh, local teams here in South Florida tomorrow night. So uh, that's going to make for uh, some interesting uh, use of the remote here. Thank goodness yeah, for texting, that. right? You Because know, uh, now you're, you're able to uh, switch the remote up. And uh, go back and forth. I, I think that one needs to be, uh, you know, the Tuesday night. Need to make plans to go to some sports bars somewhere. So you can see both. And uh, h- and watch both games. I hate games that they did that. Uh,
1: like, a lot of South Floridians were complaining. And, of course, NHL wasn't going to hear it. But, like, in a head-to-head Panthers, Heat, same night, especially around the same time, no one's watching the Panthers. Like, I, they, they, there's got to be a way they could have made a Wednesday done something different like that made no sense to have the panthers the same you can pick your schedule if you're the nhl like i i don't understand that at all and you're batman has come out saying oh i care about the south florida market we give it we care no you don't you don't care you openly proved
0: it uh, they wrote me and i mean uh, there's no way that i'm gonna not watch uh, uh, the Tampa bay lightning series and as i started to say before when there were no real rivalries uh, that might be the only one that actually has uh, its roots sort of fermented. in some sinister and evil that the uh, Lightning and the Florida Panthers uh, do not care for each other. That, that may be true of all hockey teams oh, yeah. after watching the playoffs, right? I mean, these guys aren't afraid to just start knocking the crap out of their own teammates. I mean, <laughs> it's 100%. fantastic. Teeth are flying all over the place. So, uh, <laughs> Jessica Blaylock uh, will talk with us about that uh, Panther series uh, against the Lightning and also a uh, recap of, of what happened in this first series against the Capitals and where they're at. She's been following the team all season. With Bally uh, Sports Florida, so uh, very much looking forward to having the lovely uh, Jessica Blaylock on a show later on. Uh, the weekend was full of so many different things, though, uh, Luby, and uh, wow, th- this upcoming weekend and, and the build-up to it is going to be even more insane. You, you couldn't ask for more in, in terms of a sports smorgasbord uh, of all great and riveting events that then you will find this week leading into uh, the upcoming weekend, where uh, for the horse racing degenerate, you have the second leg of the Triple Crown of Preakness which uh, looms as as wide open an event as a Kentucky Derby, where they slipped the a horse in by helicopter in the stretch, dropped him in five lengths in front, and whoosh, all of a sudden, rich strike wins, and then uh, mysteriously disappears, fueling speculation that there's much more in play here.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and that rich strike was the fastest horse in the race them in the Kentucky the, Derby.
1: We don't want to hurt him. It's too weak. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, guys. Like that—that's fucking weird. How long does it take to,
0: uh, you know, get uh, sublimates out of a horse's yeah, exactly. system or whatever he was running on
1: that day? It's like—I mean—horse
0: comes back with his yeah. eyeballs, you know, looking like Marty Feldman, like that jockey that you lot. never heard of. His next mount was at Belterra Park. I—I exactly. mean, I, I couldn't even tell you where Belterra Park is. Me, Mister Degenerate. He goes back to doing great. I make horse CD noises tracks. as I snore. <laughs>
1: Not
3: I was out there getting her.
0: clobbered yesterday uh, at the uh, local pari facility, and uh, it didn't even uh, bother me. It was just like, yeah, well, what a great day. Because um, as I was passing by now, I walk uh, my dog by a church that's right next door to the property that uh, we live on here. And so, yeah, he was in the church parking lot. And I don't know. I mean, uh, it's not like uh, there's a, a large dedication to the uh, Judeo-Christian principles here in the DeForest household. I would say, yeah, I mean, I respect whatever it is that you believe and you want to do. I I don't know. I'm kind of hoping you guys are right, that are super religious, that uh, there is some place called heaven and that there's a (laughs) casino up there. And I'll be able to run into all of you guys again that, that I've been hanging out with at the track for my entire life. That'll be great. But I'm not necessarily counting on that. Are you, Louie? I mean, uh, I think I'm that's I'm open-ended it, right? on it. Yeah, I'm open-ended on it. You're like that squished <laughs> iguana on the road, you know, I that you walk know. by. And as you do, like a zillion flies go jumping off. And you're thinking, where did these flies come from? I've never seen flies that look so hideous. I, I these carnivore know. flies <laughs> that they are, you know, all over a dead body. But I, I think it's much I'm more right inglorious over. like that.
1: I, I, I tend to leave. The, the older I get, the more I, I, I question unless I'm... Uh, I believe, but I I do think that.
0: Uh, well, where do these ideas come from? Except a bunch of scared well, people. all us time.
1: Let's hope. Who it's wants hope this to
0: end? I don't. Do you?
1: I, I don't at all. So that's what I. But I I I hope that we all realize while we're here, let's make the best of this, and if there's something later. Wonderful. And if not, this. feels great. Enjoy it's, this. it's
0: fantastic. Even at my ripe old age, I mean, as the clock is running, I'm on borrowed time here. Bar but time. I, you know what? I, I haven't necessarily, and a lot of people do this, right? Uh, when there's a problem, all of a sudden, you know, a guy gets uh, some you know, disease that appears to be uh, bordering on, if not uh, terminal, and, and uh, all of a sudden, a uh, guy's in prison, right? They turn to God all oh, the yeah, time. It's and, uh, all, uh, you know what? I was a lousy guy, and now, now I'm going to be a good guy. Just let me out of here. No, oh, for sure. Uh, but I was thinking, you know, uh, my Sundays, uh, our field. I mean, my my religious practice is gambling and drinking. What, what's better than that? <laughs> so even uh, taking a beating there at the track, it, it was it was still fun. And then uh, came home, I, I couldn't believe how many different uh, riveting sporting events were on the tube. Now coming up this week, you have the Preakness. Yes. And uh, Rich Strike is not going to run. That fueled a lot of speculation and talk. I, I don't know who's in the field. Uh, usually it's a reduced field from the Kentucky Derby, which runs 20 horses. Uh, they don't even uh, have that many spots in the gate, uh, for the Preakness. I, I don't believe so. Anyway, I don't know if they ever run more than 20 possible. I, I don't want to make a, you know, a bunch of uh, bogus statements here, it. but a, a different kind of race, the track configuration, tighter turns. They always talk about it. They only go a mile and three sixteenths, which is uh sixteenth of a mile less than the Kentucky Derby. So, um, you see, it's a speed-favoring track over the years, and, and horses uh, that uh, normally what would love to be on the outside of the Kentucky Derby, they want to be on the inside at, at Pimlico. And they're not afraid to put over any kind of a circus-like result at uh, Pimlico. For some reason, uh, Baltimore racing might be as crooked as the harness racing was at Yonkers back in the day when Carmine, <laughs> the big red, was stiffing horses. How come his name is always the one that comes up in any harness racing conversation? Carmine Abatello. I don't know. Uh, You bring him up. I I never. No, I I, was walking around the other day. I mean, uh, with my friend, uh, our friend, Big Rich, right? And uh, you know, I don't know that Big Rich was much of a harness racing fan. He only recently became a horse racing fan, and I would have to say he (laughs) dove in with both feet, big feet too, man. (laughs) Both fists. (laughs) He'll go from one track to another. So we're, we're walking out of what used to be Pompano Park, and I said, "Wow, well, can you believe this place is going to get torn down? What a legacy they had. This was like the Yankee Stadium of harness racing, uh, and uh, certainly the biggest uh, facility of its type uh, anywhere south of uh, New York where, where harness racing was pretty big at the time. And who's the first guy he brings up? He says, yeah, yeah, you know what? And everybody has somebody, a cousin or something, that knew Carmine Abatella. Oh, Really? That's funny. This guy was the most well-known, popular guy. I mean, he had more fans than Elton John around the world. That's <laughs> amazing. Some harness racing driver who stiffed horses and actually was uh, convicted, I believe, uh, you know, uh, of race fixing, and then somehow made his way into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> That's that's the best, right? You you were fixing games. Yeah, like you like Shoeless Joe Jackson.
1: Only in boxing and horse racing where you can... Boxing
0: like... and horse racing, and yeah. Like, is Panama Lewis in the Hall of you Fame? You can,
1: can clearly yeah. do illegal you things, nearly get got a got killed. and then still get in. <laughs>
0: what stuffing in the gloves? I don't know where it went. Nice, uh, Panama. Give me the bottle I mixed. Uh, exactly. that, that's always good. All right, so, so you have that. Uh, you have the PGA tournament coming up, and wow, I mean, could... Golf, for all of its uh, sanctimonious approach and, uh, you know, uh, high and mighty kind of, you know, vibe that they give off uh, golf, right? I mean, uh, you're almost afraid to, you know, talk to a player that you know to be very friendly if you're out there at a golf tournament, right? I mean, like even Freddie Couples is walking up the fairway and you're almost afraid as a fan to say, hey, Freddie, because Steve Williams might be his caddy that day and just chuck a driver right at your face. (laughs) It's possible. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, for for all of this, uh, you know, haughty tony, uh, you know, uh, vibe that they give off uh, on the PGA, uh, could they could they have any more like Housewives of Beverly Hills type of turmoil going on in the sport right now? With Greg Norman, I, I don't know. How do you feel about this, Luby? I'm not uh, quick to condemn somebody for saying something, and, and then like everything that the guy did, you just throw it right out the door because the guy made like one stupid statement. But uh, Greg Norman's not making any friends uh, when uh, they ask him about this uh, Khashoggi. You know, he, he's uh, the head guy now. He's spearheading in the face of this uh, Saudi golf tour, which is, you know, drawing nothing but wrath. I, I mean, uh, the PGA wants nothing to do with this, they don't want to know about it. They don't have to start paying these guys like enormous appearance fees. I'm not sure what the deal is now. But uh, does the PGA? I, I'm assuming the PGA is not paying. Tiger Woods to show up and play in the PGA tournament that's coming up this week, right? Whereas if, if he's, uh, you know, playing on the Saudi tour, they're giving Tiger $20 million for showing up. Oh, for they sure. They ride him in on a camel. I mean, wh- whatever it is.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I could get in trouble for that, huh? But uh, Norman, uh, they ask him, you know, how can you represent this stuff? Well, we were talking about it last week a little bit, uh, this uh, whole concept of sports washing. You know, I mean, uh, why is Vladimir Putin staging Winter Olympics uh, the oh, tune yeah. up like eighty billion dollars in losses? Because it's like, oh, look at that, Russia. Yeah, yeah, they're okay. Look, they're having fun over there. Uh, you know, and uh, all of these uh, screaming boycotts don't seem to have any impact on uh, the kind of people that are that are running these shows. Uh, in Russia's case, uh, Putin, and in this case. Whoever the sheik is at the time, I, I don't know. Uh, but th- they ask uh, Norman about this and, and all of the human atrocities that take place there. And he says, oh, no, they're doing fine. <laughs> and his defense was, we all make mistakes. Oh, God. Like, like okay, it's okay to just whack a guy That's and just not... remember the body. There's different levels some of Some guy mistakes. and it's just a reporter for like, a, you know, a newspaper, for God's sake. Well, you know, I mean, who cares about some ink-stained wretch? if you're the chic and you're in control of like $800 zillion Well,
1: that's the thing is it's always the same kind of people that they do this to the person yeah. that they should not be worried about, but for some reason they are. What does that tell you? Like if this is the person that they're chopping heads off and then pretending like they didn't or, or just moving on and acting like it never happened, then there's a reason for it. I, 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 I do find it funny when they, when <laughs> they always try to just play it off and then everyone around them, who yells about everything else. It's like, oh, it's not. A- I mean, come on.
0: It's what not- are you going to do? Look for Greg Norman to uh, shrug that <laughs> off lately. And by saying, uh, like, don't address it at all. But don't come back with, uh, well, we all make mistakes. <laughs> uh, Greg, what it, mistakes it, have you it, made? It, it's, it's sad to be laughing about that. You know, no, but what does that say mean, about it- him
1: then? What the hell are you doing in your spare time, Greg? I've made a uh, lot of mistakes.
0: i always liked never got I felt badly, uh, you know, when that, uh, Larry Mize putt went in there, right? That was unbelievable. 56 footer. Remember that? Twisting, turning all over the place. What was that? 15 at the Masters or something? Not sure what hole it was. Might have been 17. Anyway, Norman gets, uh, he gets screwed again out of uh, winning a a major championship. And it happened to him many, many times. I remember, uh, remember a guy named Bob Tway. Yeah, of course. Bob Twain. Yeah, it uh, might have been in a PGA or a U.S. Open. I, I want to say a PGA tournament. Holes out out of a sand trap to eclipse Norman's uh, lead right at the end of the tournament there on like the seventy-second hole. And once again, Norman is like blown away with another devastating and probable loss. Then, then he choked a number of times. at that uh, yeah, final round name. in a major that he was leading by like twenty-eight yep, shots, yep, and he yep. shoots a hundred and six. <laughs> Greg, is this your ball? <laughs>
1: It's like me. It was that collapse
0: when he was like an old fart in the British Open. Uh, when uh, that, that was when he was dating Chris Everett, right? Yep. And poor Chrissy. I mean, with all the dignity and class in the world and just, uh, you know, a person that everybody has loved her entire life from the time she was a teenager. We came uh, to know her on the tennis scene and she's always seemed to be a delightful person that conducted herself in, in a very gracious way, dignified manner. And uh, you know he's giving her a look like as she's schlepping through uh, rain and sleet in in, uh, those British novel-type conditions that you get (laughs) when uh, they're over there on these hideous-looking links courses. That I would favor, I think, because they're the only place uh, where a grounder is actually a good shot. I'm going to say
1: it would be fine for me. I would have to change nothing about my game.
0: Exactly, man. I mean, every time I would take a golf club out and hit a drive that was, uh, you know, one of those ground skimmers, and you're thinking, there's a two-hopper to short. And, you know, <laughs> uh, and, uh, you, know you, you would look out like Arnie Palmer as if the ball was traveling in the air, but then uh, very happy. Well, look at that. It's you know, still out there, like 250, all on the ground. That's a good shot at the uh, British Open. But, uh, you know, Norman uh, didn't endear himself to anybody. It did seem like it was a little bit of a Lance Armstrong, Sheryl Crow type of thing. Yes, right, I was going right. to say.
1: It was like this famous woman, but he sort of just was like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> like, Joe Who Crow cares was like, a Who she was more accomplished in her
0: sport than I was in mine?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone and was is adored by millions. <laughs> yeah, Norman was.
0: I always liked Greg Norman. I know I like a, a very affable, yeah, uh, you fine. know, outgoing type of guy, and uh, you know, fairly honest. But uh, I mean, we all make mistakes. Uh, isn't going to fly. So the PGA emerged in all kinds of controversy. And then, what's up with Phil? Man, Phil doesn't want to play. He's the defending champion. He, he he put his name, he etched it even further into golf legend. But when he won the PGA Championship last year, at, uh, I believe he had just turned 50. He should have been on the Champions Tour there, uh, seeing if uh, Chi-Chi Rodriguez, you know, was going to shoot an 87 on the final day and open the door for him to uh, come and win a championship at 50 years old. And instead, he wins the PGA, almost impossible. Oldest guy ever to win a major championship, Phil Mickelson. Very popular guy, in spite of the fact that uh, he might wow. be even sicker, degenerate than any of our followers on Degenerate <laughs> Friday.
1: He is. I don't know. <laughs> now, he <laughs> has
0: the wealth to do it. Now, if you have, you're making forty million a year. Does it matter if you lose forty million across four years? I mean, could you afford to it lose does, yes. uh, one year of your salary every four years? It'll we'll be gambling, like on. Could I know nonsense?
1: Would he? Should he be able to? Yes, but. It, you're thinking if he's losing that much money on gambling, What is what is, are his monthly, like, expenses? Like, those people usually live really high.
0: Oh, he, he, he was, uh, you know, living high on the hog. So
1: that's expensive. the thing. Like, yeah. if you're losing <laughs> a quarter of your money every year, because that's what it works out to.
0: And it's four. Million. That's uh, just you know,
1: on gambling. What about your houses, no, houses and cars, yeah, and this? I
0: mean, I, just, I
1: mean, no, you can't. No one can afford to lose money like that. Me like, and my baby
0: point. and this old mangy dog. That's why he's going
1: to Saudi Arabia.
0: <laughs> living high on the hog, my friend. High on the throwing hock. his name that's away. Tommy Castro was special. All right, uh, so so you have that the PGA with all this drama. Now where's Phil? Phil uh, is he suspended? Nobody knows what's going on. This is great. No regime like the uh, PGA in uh, all of sports. I mean, even the World Boxing Council is more transparent <laughs> than the Professional Conference I'm Association. A, a 501C <laughs> charitable. Uh, we don't pay any taxes, yeah, on okay. nothing. Yeah, okay. We're giving all this money away. And yeah. uh, they do, I, I guess, a marvelous job of generating funds for charities, but I'm sure. it's not as if uh, the commissioner isn't making money himself. They all, yeah. And then there's a president, and then there's, uh, you know, there, there were like a lot of like closet executives in this organization, it turns out, and none of them are happy. And not, uh, the guy finally, I guess, uh, the president of the PGA, whose name escapes me, uh, and it's not that Monahan is like the commissioner now, right? Or Moynihan, Monahan. I believe it's Monahan is the commissioner of the PGA. And, and then the president of the, the PGA, it, it's like a separate organization somehow. I mean, it's like the NCAA still ruling over college football. Like, who cares what these guys have to say? Nobody.
1: Okay, so the, the commissioner got right is on hand. The president's Jim Richardson.
0: Okay, I, could I be. I don't know. Trying to think, uh, you know, trying to flash back to when I was reading that article and see if I can envision the name. But uh, <laughs> this guy went on some podcast and, and uh, started popping off about how, yeah, yeah, well, Phil's suspended, man. All he's got to do is apologize. Oh, going to have to face the scrutiny in the media because uh, now he had made comments that compared to what Norman was saying were I mean uh, like reading a, a Khalil Gibran book in front of people I mean <laughs> just talking about finding your inter, inner inner uh, you know a sanctuary yes, you know? America, like, like,
1: I can't wait to be there It's like okay
0: Phil yeah put a turban on <laughs> <And> your <laughs> head start smoking some there. weed and <laughs> yeah, like... Uh, playing like a little recorder as a snake comes out of a, uh, a basket <laughs> That type of, I mean, by comparison, you, you couldn't have had, you know, a, a bigger differential. And, and yet, I mean, uh, you know, is he suspended or what? Does anybody know? Nobody knows. It's like the NFL. I, Phil's not saying nothing. <laughs> that reporter he talked to that broke uh, all of this uh, stuff, this conversation, uh, you know, uh, was writing an unauthorized biography, it turns out. Can you imagine that? I don't think Phil will ever speak to this man under any circumstances ever again. He's buried Phil Mickelson. Buried him. But he's not playing, so you have all that going on. And uh, the dynamic, then, uh, the uh, golfers that wanted to play on this Saudi tour, which uh, the PGA uh, wouldn't let them. I mean, th- this is going to be a mess for Jim Nance to ignore all of the issues oh, yes. uh, that are flaring up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they won't mention it and, at all.
0: <laughs> and only talk about Tiger Woods, who, who looks like he's going to play in this thing. I guess. And they're saying he's, like, stronger than ever. He looks like Schwarzenegger now that he's been uh, just fiercely working out ever since. This embarrassment of the second a uh, couple of rounds there of the Masters, which I don't know you could call it an embarrassment. That's unfair. He made the cut. I mean,
1: but, more than I thought.
0: Yeah. But if he shot the first two rounds I- instead uh, as uh, the second two rounds uh, that he put together, like a pair of 87s or whatever that was. Yeah, I mean, was. imagine if that was his performance. Oh, yeah. People. You're in They'd be writing his epitaph. Yep. Never mind, uh, you know, uh, looking for his entry form uh, for the PGA. So so uh, that's on the uh, horizon as well. And then you have the French Open coming up in tennis, which uh, this Rome tournament was spectacular. Guess who's back, Luby? Guess who's back on form? Federer. Oh. The Joker. Oh, no, the Joker. 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 He's back on form. He was struggling a little bit when he first came back. He was, like, losing in the first round, always losing the first set. And uh, now he's uh, come back, uh, roaring back there and a couple of good performances in a row. He wins uh, the sort of prelude tournament, uh, which uh, Carlos Alcaraz was not in this. He's resting up. So uh, those two guys are like, uh, I mean, short-priced favorites. Mm. I think Djokovic is a slight favorite to win a tournament. Alcaraz is only 2-1 to one That's to crazy. win the French Open. Can you believe that, man? That's crazy. That's with Rafa Nadal in the field, although Rafa looks like, uh, you know, it's all starting to catch up with him a little bit. Uh, He looks like Dwayne Wade during that period when uh, everybody was saying, hey, you know what? When you go to the floor that many times, I'm going to catch up with him. I I did want to. uh, Finally, uh, you know, to conclude this uh wow, it's been like an hour long hour, yes. here, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just uh, many, many things. I mean, uh, the Reds, the worst team in baseball, found a way to lose when their guy pitched a no-hitter.
1: Yeah, I, okay, I didn't understand that. I saw the updates about that, but I didn't understand it. Like
0: Did he Oh, well, yeah, they lost the game cuz uh, he he walked a couple of guys and uh, they got a run on air. a fielder's choice, Okay. Uh, and, and uh, they, they gave up a run, and, and this guy pitched like seven and a third of no-hit ball, okay. and then the reliever came on and finished off the other two-thirds without allowing a hit. So they won the entire uh, game without
1: allowing the, a hit and lost.
0: Right, and it doesn't qualify as a no-hitter because uh, they didn't pitch the ninth inning because okay. uh, in, in this case they were on the road in the home team, the Pirates, didn't need to come to the plate but i mean when you're having a bad season that that's when you lose a no hitter yes
1: that's bad it's
0: not unprecedented Uh, guys have lost no hitters before or teams have lost games in which uh, they didn't give up any hits but uh, um this was ugly i mean for a team i the last time i checked the standings they might have won a couple since they were like three and 21 to start the season it was like that year uh frank robinson was uh coaching uh or managing the Baltimore Orioles, remember that and they started yes. like 0 and 20. <laughs> yes, and uh, you know, here's a great Frank Robinson. You're like, Oh my god, what kind of an embarrassment! But but this one, I, I really blew it uh, this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. and there was an opportunity there for all of you sickos that like to bet on games mm-hmm. like us to uh make a major score because uh, I'm watching Sports Center. And they have a big tease on the bottom of the screen, much like we do here, saying, Hey, Twitter on the Defoe show. Yep. So the crawl comes up and it says, Stephen A coming up. And he feels Dallas is going to get blown out Not of game defense. seven. <laughs> right? Couldn't
1: have been more wrong.
0: And then uh, with, with pure Phineas T bluster, uh, as always, the guy goes on uh, the show there with Greenberg and uh, Kendrick Perkins, who all of a sudden is He's
1: everywhere. You know, this dynamic
0: anything. personality. Says nothing. He's more likable than uh, Stephen A. Smith is. Although I I appreciate what Stephen A. Smith does to make twelve million dollars a year. Yelling, just for uh, <laughs> you know being By dead everything. wrong. Now I doubt you will see any accountability on this. You're not oh, going to no, see no. these clips ever again. Those tapes were burnt.
1: No, that's what they want from him is to be loud. So the only way you can get that is if it's okay to be loud and, and be wrong. If they annoyed, if they and were dead like, wrong.
0: I mean, they... like dead wrong. You, you couldn't be any more wrong about this.
1: Oh, that's. But he's like that a lot. That's that's the thing with being. I, look, you in this biz, you have to have a biz, uh, an opinion that's fine, but like to have a strong it's opinion on everything. It's hard to have it with that kind of certainty. That this it, is going to be a blow What well, about yeah. every single thing, every sporting event, every game, and every sporting like If you have that strong of an opinion on everything, you're going to be wrong way more than you're right. Yeah. The only way you can do that is, is to not have it thrown in your face. If you have it thrown in your face, you're going to start hedging and you're going to start going, listen, guys, <laughs>
0: like, I, I can't be this. I mean, how stupid do you look? You're screaming. You're screaming at the camera <laughs> and he keeps interrupting uh, Perkins who's trying to say something and he's like keeps coming back to
1: it's a blowout it's a blowout it's a blowout okay
0: it was like that time he was screaming at Teddy Atlas I forget who got screwed uh, might have been Golovkin uh, screwed in a Canelo fight or something no it was worse than that it was one of the most blatant you know bad decisions uh, that's hard to say I mean that encompasses a lot of fights in, in boxing history and um uh, Stephen A. and Teddy Atlas staged a scream-off after the fight. <laughs> One guy trying to out-scream the other about how screwed up the uh, judging was. But uh, he, he was screaming the top of his lungs that uh, Dallas was going to get blown out. Yeah, wow. Well, uh, and I tuned well. in the game there, and I was thinking, wow, how stupid am I not to make <laughs> a move on that? <laughs>
1: exactly. Once he did that, he should have gone all in on
0: Dallas. I mean, you were getting uh, probably a decent price on the money line because uh, uh, the Phoenix Suns were favored by six and a hook in that game at home. And they uh, end up losing by like 50. Unbelievable. And all you had to know was that Stephen A. Smith was... Uh, and they made a whole big deal about this. A half hour of Stephen A. Smith screaming about how Dallas was going to get blown out in that ballgame. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know that you could have said that with any certainty. I, I, I would have expected Phoenix to win. I don't know if I would have laid the six on a hook. Because uh, they had just looked so poor in the game before, but you thought they might rebound. We did not realize, though, And he is a wicked man, Luby. A wicked man. Could it be? Father time?
1: Oh, yeah, with Paul.
0: That took care of Chris Paul all of a sudden? I mean, uh, he got hit with a haymaker? It was weird. I mentioned it earlier. I started to anyway. uh, You know, you'll see fighters from one fight to the next. All of a sudden, they're done. A guy is in there. He's in some kind of war. And you're thinking he's going to be able to provide more of the same. But, uh, you know, he has one more fight that gives... A very poor account of himself and then uh, maybe fights again three years later in some armory in New Jersey to get one more paycheck and then finally throws in the towel in his career. But uh, from one fight to the next, you'll you'll see a transition. You see it sometimes uh, with racehorses also. Any athlete. Although, uh, you didn't expect this of Chris Paul now because he looked so great earlier in the uh, postseason. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, you saw with Allen Iverson because the way he played. But, like, you you don't expect it with Paul. Paul hasn't been, like, a guy who's rough and tumble. Like, he's actually been – that's been his thing. He's playing really smart. And he's played well these playoffs. In this series, it was two totally different Chris Pauls. I don't know. Maybe they defended him differently. I don't know what they did. But he just was – went. he played really well in the last two games. last two, three games was not good. Ugh, and they
0: needed a bad Jason investment. Kidd, man, he rebounds the Dallas Mavericks from down 2-0. That's uh, So uh, probably deserves a little credit. Uh was usually, uh, you know, uh, looked at in a sort of a disparaging way as a head coach. As a coach. I don't know that he ever got any great credit for being, uh, you know, terrific head coach, uh, Jason Kidd. Uh, you know, most people uh, remember, uh, what was it, Shomama was the Jumana, wife's name? Jumana, Kidd.
1: Jumana Kidd. That's you. <laughs> no one remembers Jumana Kidd. You remember
0: Jumana Kidd. I I just, I mean, it'll be hard to do your job. I've had this happen where I was like, you know, leaving for work and uh, there was a little discord in the relationship at the time. And, you know, you're going out to do some kind of entertaining uh, performance, you know, talking about the sporting world, make people laugh maybe on their way to work as, uh, you know, somebody is suggesting that maybe you're the lowest form of lying scumbag (laughs) that she's ever (laughs) known in her life. So imagine having that happen while you're at work. I I
1: Yes, yeah, she would yell it from the sidelines. Like from the sidelines with the, the kid.
0: <laughs> the fat kid. Old I don't like to son. make fun of a kid, but, uh, you know, the, the kid. Mustache.
1: The... He had a full mustache. At yeah, like it was
0: two. like seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> Looked like Barney Miller. I mean, you're like. <laughs> anyway, all right. Highly uh, Park, great place. I yes. wish I was punching away there yesterday because, um, you know, I didn't have much success where I was, and I would have enjoyed. You know, all of these places are fairly pleasant. I mean, it's not like a casino is ever a bad place to be. So uh, you know, and, and what's great though, uh, when you go to Hylia Park, you, you really see the difference in, in the idea that they they care about the customer that's in there, which is fantastic. I mean, uh, you do feel like you're getting special treatment, do you not, Mike Luby Lubitz? Oh, when you sure. walk into Hylia Park,
1: yeah, and I know they do treat everyone like that, which I'm like, good for them. Everyone gets that treatment.
0: My suggestion too would be to like, as uh, soon as you walk in the, uh, you know, onto the grounds there, you get out of your car. Whether you're even if you're valet parking, but I, I like to park there uh, by the old clubhouse, yep. uh, which is uh, much more uh, convenient to the champion simulcasting room. It's on that side of the building, but nonetheless, even if I'm going to the casino, uh, I'm parking in that parking lot, which is a great, great place. They got plenty of uh, room there. But my suggestion would be, you know, like just either go to the back stretch, uh, which you would have to uh, if you were going to walk your way into the casino, or uh, go out to the actual track itself and, and just. Inhale it, man. Yeah. It's such a great place. I mean, and and feel that serenity for the moment before you get into the whole anxiety that goes along with. Uh, let's see, I'm stuck one twenty. If I bet forty <laughs> on this horse, <laughs> how much sugar is the math that you have to do to be a degenerate? By I, the way, I,
1: I don't do it. That's why I. I, I, I mean, and it's constant, all right? I you
0: all. You know how much money is in your wallet, and you realize, man, I can't believe I like got stuck for two and a half yesterday. Un- unbelievable. I should have walked out and a winner. Uh, but uh, you will feel like a You'll winner like when you like go a into Hialeah Park, and, and then you have every opportunity to win, including the Mustangs last trip. Which, uh, for some reason, she always has success there. It's pretty consistent. Nice. And you see people winning jackpots all the time. Steve Calibro, really one of the finest guys in the gaming industry and well-respected all throughout the uh, gaming universe. As uh, Hialeah Parks uh, Casino, just operating at uh, maximum possible opportunity and level for the players. And then you have the poker room. That's always great. Great place to watch these games also, you know, play a little cards. Maybe uh, you're in the casino. I like to be in a champion simulcasting room. They have the games up on the TVs as well. But imagine, uh, you know, that would be a good thing. I'm hoping maybe Frankie throws some kind of watch party for the uh, Heat of the Panthers. Especially Are they going to play throughout the uh, playoffs uh, on the same night? I hope that's Is it like Tuesday happens. and Thursday? I, I didn't look at the schedule. Yet.
1: It's Tuesday, Thursday right now. I'm hoping when the Heat change cities and take an extra day, the Panthers don't. Like, yeah. I, I don't know what the hell they're doing because that would be we'll super cool. Happens. To go to Hialeah Park and immerse in one of the series, to, to, to have to do both is going to be <laughs> really stressful for me. You're
0: more into the basketball. I, at this point, I'm kind of more into the hockey, although I, I think this basketball series is going to be terrific. I really do.
1: I've been into both. That's what's annoying. a really good team. I've been watching the Panthers every time they played, no matter what basketball game was opposite them. But to pick the Panthers over the Heat's tough.
0: I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That's annoying. Marcus smart. He's, he's my key guy there, right? Lot, I mean, yeah. you're going to get, uh, you know, get Brown's going to have uh, points. And obviously Jason Tatum and, and you're figuring Jimmy Butler. Does Smart uh, start to uh, try and smother Jimmy Butler? That's Is that a, like a matchup that you could foresee? That'd be smart them. like Scoop Skolnick. Now, I know, but, you're breaking uh, it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he, he's always coming up with clever defensive plays. Yes, and, and the Celtics really are does. a much better defensive team by far than, than Atlanta and oh, uh, much yeah. better than Philadelphia also.
1: They're the best defensive I, team in basketball. Yeah. Like that, this literally will be the best defensive team against a team that was really good defensively by the end of the year. That's what this matchup is. It should be old school.
0: All right. Well, uh, speaking of old school, I mean, uh, wouldn't High Park be a great place to take in all of these uh, playoff games? So yes. uh, look forward to that. You have a couple of cocktails at the bar there. Brass rail bar, terrific. And uh, very reasonably priced. When you were buying drinks for everybody at the bar, Luby, but the tab was uh, kind of gentle. Yeah, that's what he did. That was I very offered? nice of you, Luby. Very <laughs> you nice. Of
1: you. <laughs> I'm not stupid. I like, oh, that's so, what
0: it costs. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I asked Frankie, I hope, uh, I hope they have another boxing event coming up soon. I, I can't wait to get hey, back that down great. there. Uh, that, that was great. What a great night. That was a good time. Uh, everything they do there is first class. It's been that way since the very beginning. Since yep. I first walked through the doors there, I've told you many, many times, yep. just absolutely fell in love with the place. Still love it as much today, maybe even more, because got to know the people, and I feel like I'm part of the family there at Hylia uh, Park. You will, too. Get a player's card when you come through the door. All kinds of freebies, and amenities attached with that. It's a great place to go to unwind, to uh, you know, release all kinds of anxiety, to maybe even uh, seek a small fortune. It's beautiful, highly apart. All right, we're coming back with more Jessica Playlock, Bally Sports Florida, and uh, outstanding uh, analyst uh, is going to join us. She uh, works both the uh, Panthers and the Marlins beats, although she's uh, been all over this Panther series uh, against the Washington Capitals, and I would imagine going to stay zeroed in there. I don't know if they switch it around, right? Because uh, they got Minnie also uh, working yeah, baseball. They both get and, and hockey as well. Interesting dynamic, though, uh, and uh, nobody uh, more in tune with what's going on. I mean, we have our good friend Steve goldie Goldstein, and uh, Minnie and Randy Moeller. But Jessica Blalock, uh, one of the really fine uh, reporters and in-game reporters uh, between periods. uh yeah, she hosts. In this case, everything. in hockey, yeah, hosts that, that you'll find. So she's going to join us. Uh, now, is she going to do a video or is it uh, um, too early in the morning? No, no video. She stays
1: no. late night either working or covering the paint to the other games. So she in the morning <laughs> is doing us favors by getting up early because she doesn't have to work till a little bit
0: later in the day yeah and uh, i guess I, I don't know do they get a day off i would think not yeah
1: well no that's the thing is that even if she wasn't working officially like she has to track all the series because when you're talking panthers playoffs you don't just talk panthers like you're talking about every other series because they all are interconnected so she's working even when she's just like us like when we try to say we're working and we watching the games she actually is working by watching yeah. the
0: games Vasilevsky, man, scares me. Vazilevsky. A great deal. No, uh, you would have to think that he outplays Bobrovsky and gives the Tampa Bay Lightning a. Well, we'll get into it. Uh, you know, we, we've been yapping for a long time here. Uh, gonna come back with more. Uh, glad you guys are tuned in. Nice to hear from the people on the chat lines. It looks like Andy's okay.
1: Seems like he's still, still the over/under of on. a
0: Sunday and a hook. Uh, we're we're oh, Jesus halfway Christ. home on a Monday. No, we love Andy, and uh, we hope he's okay. It sounds like it. Uh, he certainly is in uh, good form in terms of the sharp commentary. And uh, I saw another gentleman that we should say hello to here. Uh, I'm Mark. Good came morning, in, uh, waiting in earlier this morning. Yeah, Very nice, Mark. Yeah. Thanks for uh, tuning into the program here. And uh, we'll come back with more. Uh, Jessica Playlock coming up in about 15 minutes here on a show. So we'll dive further into this whole uh, NHL playoff that's going on. Sensational all the way around. Uh, Gary Bettman must be beating his chest. And looking at Adam Silver and saying, uh, you see those two clunkers you had for Game 7? Yeah, they were Game 7 for wars. Look at us, my friend. This is how you do it. It's annoying. It's amazing to me, the level of play, though. I mean, I know it's an abstract game, but when you start watching it and then you're sort of uh, really involved, as we were, because we we couldn't stand the whole concept of losing the mail on this pet. I mean, that took it to another level. I I don't even care if he pays off. He already offered to uh, send this out to... (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh,
3: a very
0: nice replacement for anthony's runway 84 which uh, closed briefly for well for a while for remodeling yeah, yeah. and uh anthony bruno one of the local restaurant tourists here very successful with things all over the country in yep. addition to south florida has another place a smaller place called anthony's live fire grill so uh, mayo is ready to go and uh, spring he for is. that tonight yes i can't make it though i, I couldn't make it tonight but uh there. But I, I don't even care. Like, he could take us to the pizza spot or one of his other joints. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy anyway. Uh, it's just that, that he lost.
1: Won. Yes, I just, I just wanted it done.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Buy me a Coke, man, and a hot dog at the track. I, that, I that's that's all, all we need. I, I don't need the fancy dinner now. Just, I, it, it would have been impossible to deal with somebody as insufferable as this man is capable of being. And, I mean, it would have been almost Stephen A. Smith-esque to be this dead wrong yes. uh, about the outcome of the series. Yes, I don't know if I could have accepted that. I mean, uh, you know, we never said that it was going to be a surefire runaway. No, runway, no, but... no.
1: I just thought they'd win the series. I thought after all they did this year, all they've faced the last 26 years, they'd get through the first round this year. That that seemed like a safe bet. It almost wasn't.
0: I, I, I didn't believe the previous 26-year uh, history of this uh, futility really had anything it to do with should not have this had year. anything. Nothing. Yes. nothing. I, I, I don't believe that. There was a choker's mentality going into the series by anybody. I, I didn't realize how long some of these guys have been around. Yes. Because we've been waiting for these young guys to, uh, you know, sort of mushroom in the stars. It's been like a decade. And they have, a, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but Barkov's been on the team nine years. Yes. I'm aware. <laughs> Hoobie Doobie came in around the same uh, period of time.
1: It's when we were doing The Morning with Goldie. Do you remember? That was literally. Yeah. <laughs> like
0: a we would have Huberto on, and he wasn't exactly, uh, you know, overwhelmingly fluent in English. Oh, he was young, and he was just getting yeah. here. And uh, he would come on and say a few things, and, uh, you know, we're figuring, okay, good, this is great radio here. Or some guy with an accent that is incomprehensible. <laughs> Hey, hey. You could see the program director like throwing, uh, you know, a a piggy bank against the wall there, you know, just busting it up and uh, hoping to pay you off finally with a very low severance package. Uh, All right. uh, We're coming back with more. Jessica Playlock going to be with us here on the show. Uh, We'll be with you until nine o'clock Eastern. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz. Always good to be with you here on uh, ION Channel and uh, returning with more in a moment. Now that. The time. I think that might be the record. It's 8.08. It's up there. If poker is your game, you're covered in style and you can play all your favorite Vegas style games, including blackjack, craps and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Hylia Park. These days, we're
1: all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Land Lovers Raw Bar and Grill in the Plantation location because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. You're gonna have the best wings in the world. You're gonna have a great burger. You're gonna have their amazing soups. Again, Land Lovers Raw Bar and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. Catholic Health Services is committed to care that
3: changes as your needs do. Our full continuum of services is designed to be there throughout
0: your care journey. If you need assistance with daily living, post-acute care following a serious health event, or additional medical care at home, we also offer skilled nursing and palliative
3: and hospice care. Your care needs may change, but our commitment never does. Catholic Health Services, South Florida's number one choice for post-acute and End of life care, visit catholichealthservices.org.
2: Hear me! I am your new president. From this day on, the official language of San Marcos will be Swedish. Silence. In addition to that, all citizens will be required to change their underwear every half hour. Underwear will be worn on the outside so we can check. Furthermore. All children under 16 years old are now 16 years old. What's the Spanish word for straitjacket? Power has driven him mad. Welcome back to The Defo Show.
1: Working all day in the sun.
0: I have to uh, give thanks uh, to uh, one of our followers, a gentleman named Jack Sharp. I think you've seen him comment on uh, some of the posts that you put up about the show. Uh, In my case, uh, I catch this only on Facebook. But um, always, uh, you know, big supporters, uh, you know, our supporter of everything that we do, uh, Louis, and it's greatly appreciated by us. And he suggested it's time for me to break out those thousand Dennis Schvitke jerseys (laughs) that I still have. (laughs) When I completely misgaged the Panthers' ability to draft players uh, back at a time where they were staggering, uh, like they'd been out on an all-night drunk, like they were the Philadelphia 76ers after that ridiculous embarrassment of a uh, Game 5 against the Miami Heat, partying all night on South Beach on orders from Adam Silver for uh, LeBron James to get the 76ers out of their hotel room. I I think that was – there'll probably be audio of this someday. TMZ will pick it up, TMZ Sports, of Adam Silver calling LeBron James and saying – just get him out of their hotel rooms, Brian. All right? And I'll guarantee you that your kid plays in the league. <laughs> <laughs> you think it's possible that we, uh, you know, we're onto something with that conspiracy theory that Adam Silver had to bail out of a large wager that he had made on DraftKings and they weren't going to accept the Chinese sneaker money that he was siphoning off and uh, now that you know he was facing a possibility of the 76ers coming back in a series? He incorporated the, uh, you know, use of you the know, fact LeBron. that LeBron James LeBron? was already partying in Miami. How do you get LeBron? And obviously, it would influence. I mean, if LeBron James calls you and uh, you're Joel Embiid and you have a game the next day, a pivotal Game Five of a, a basketball series where you have the chance to move on and, and maybe win the Eastern Conference and even the uh, NBA Championships, it, it seems like, Luby, uh, is there now much more vulnerability to the uh, Western Conference entry? That's what it feels like. That it's not the Phoenix Suns?
1: Well, and the Warriors were playing strong, but then the way that they struggled versus a Grizzlies team that didn't have their best players sort of gives you pause with them. I mean, the Celtics and the Heat finished off strong opponents in dominant fashion, and the Mavs came out. of Like, that's the thing is we're still writing off the Mavs. I am. They pounded the Suns, and it wasn't just offensively. Their defense, which you never have thought about them as a defensive team, their defense was good. Their defense is what shut down the Suns and allowed them to have role players excel in offense. But I'm not even giving them a shot for Swords. and I really don't know why. <laughs> like, they just did their job. And they
0: really responded. You talk about responding to adversity. Uh, they're down in the series, and they come back and administer two bludgeonings to a yeah, team that's Claire Cunt was was the best in the NBA all season long uh, and playing great, uh, you know, symmetrical basketball uh, you know, all the way through the end of the regular season. uh, You know, got dusted up a little bit there by the Pelicans in that series, but uh, you could excuse it away by the fact that Booker was out uh, for those couple of games that they lost. Uh, They came back, distinguished themselves as, once again, being deserving of being considered the favorite. And, you know, their their coach, uh, Williams, uh, ends up getting coach of the year. Uh, You could have made... I don't know. Well, nobody on their uh, roster. Uh, Booker was never uh, seen uh, as a possible MVP candidate. Chris Paul was playing great. He had twenty straight shots in the postseason, in the first round. How, how did it fall apart uh, so completely? I mean, I just uh, inexplicable. Is Adam Silver involved again? Was LeBron? Uh, <laughs> you
1: and Adam Silver. <laughs>
0: did you see LeBron <laughs> sipping a cocktail LeBron. out of a cactus? I mean, uh, what was going on there? I I don't
1: I I I, I we. The NBA is the one league we usually can predict, and without uh, question, it's chalk, chalk, it's chalk. It's a chalk
0: league. I mean, it really is. Chalk I didn't league.
1: understand that. That series was one I was like, oh, okay. Like, the Mavs shouldn't have gone past the Jazz. Like, the Mavs are one of these teams that people wonder, how long will Luca be there? Because they can't surround him with talent. They get him Porzingis, and Porzingis now's is done. They bring in a Dinwiddie, who was a poor man's third guy, let alone to have him be like your second guy, Brunson was a guy that was cool at Villanova, but no one thought he'd be like a legit player, let alone star in the league. And then they just, <laughs> without Luca, they played well versus Suns. Then with Luka, it was just like, I guess they're really good. I I, I don't. Well, what know how to I mean, that
0: uh, is Mark Cuban under sedation or something? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. He made Seattle so anymore. much money. I mean, after he became a billionaire on Shark Tank by uh, you know constantly snookering uh, Mister Wonderful into bad deals. Uh, is, uh, you know, it, it, I liked him better when he was getting fined all the time for cursing out the commissioner, yes, right? I, I mean, uh, he insane. and David Stern, it was 250,000, H- 250, a pop every time he opened his mouth. Yep. But um, he, he has to be reveling in this. Uh, no, that was an improbable result. I, I, I really believe that. Uh, I thought that uh, Phoenix, I, I I don't know that I would have gone out on a limb like Stephen A., And and, and there was the indicator. If you were going to raise the ire of the gods of gambling, All you would have to do is uh, listen to that dissertation by Stephen A. Smith that the Dallas Mavericks had no chance that they were going to get blown off the face of the earth, that they would be impaled to a cactus by the end of uh, the third quarter of Game 7, and that the Phoenix Suns were set to move on and face the Golden State Warriors who uh, ended up prevailing over the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. All right, um, I I believe, uh, Luby, uh, we are going to be talking to – Uh, Lovely Jessica Blalock here. Uh, Is she ready to go? Or Oh, beautiful. This is great. And, uh, you know, uh, worthy of the proper introduction, uh, one of our favorites here. And, uh, you know, our good friend Leslie Visser was among – if she wasn't the pioneer of female sports broadcasters, I guess, uh, what was her? Jane Chastain was here in Miami, and there are a few others. uh, But, uh, you know, uh, they – Evolution of uh, female sportscasters uh, has really been terrific to see. And uh, there are some that are just uh, really outstanding. We love talking to Kate and Bradar. We think she's uh, the best analyst in her sport. And it's a delight to turn on the television, whether you're watching a Marlins game or a Panthers game, especially as we were riveted to this series uh, with the Panthers and the Capitals. And, uh, wow, I mean, what a high-wire act it turned out to be. But uh, whether it's uh, in between periods, before after the game, during uh, you know an inning of baseball, uh, very adventurous in her reporting and very on point when it comes to her analysis. We welcome to the show the lovely Jessica Blaylock of Valley Sports, Florida. Always a pleasure to have her. Uh, Jessica, how are you? Good to have you on the program. Thanks for getting up with us.
2: I'm I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on. I always love coming on with you guys. You're the best.
0: Well, well, we really appreciate that, and and we become hockey experts. Uh, we'll have you know, <laughs> in the last two weeks,
1: we've talked about hockey the last two weeks, and we've done ten
0: years. <laughs> we we know everything, man. We're, we're screaming at the uh, screen there for uh, Brunet. What are you doing, pulling this goalie? What are you out exactly. of your mind? Three minutes to go in the game. <laughs> like and of course, it worked out, and uh, it worked. which you know. But I, I mean, maybe you were watching this like I was, and, and uh, uh, we mentioned, I think, the last time you were, on, we had this uh, bet with the uh, you know insufferable Mike Mayo. Who uh, you know has some kind of issue? I, I think he had with like Doug Sifu years ago, so he, he's extremely biased, and he he claims he was rooting for the Panthers to win, but he bet us that they were going to lose to the Capitals, which uh, you know it's not an outrageous right. proposition. The one versus eight, and we saw. I mean, uh, this was a, was a, a very series. a very dicey series. But as that puck was was you know sliding towards that empty net <laughs> in, in that game, that crucial yeah, game, game that four. the Panthers <laughs> came back and won, and uh, you know, otherwise it looks like they're out of the series. Uh, did, did it not remind, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation on a two-lane highway, Jessica, where, you know, you pull out to pass what you think is one truck, and it turns out to be seven, almost locked together, and then you see headlights coming the other way. <laughs> and we were seeing Mayo's face driving the oncoming <laughs> truck. And, and when that thing just missed, I mean, you talk about a game oh, of inches. Yeah. How, how did you feel when you were watching? Yeah,
2: yeah well, I uh were stressed out the entire series, because obviously, you know... Uh, Everybody
0: looked a once, little for yes, there on the set after those games.
2: Uh, you know, one, just, you know, the monkey that the Panthers wanted to get off their back of not having won uh, a playoff series since 1996, you know, having the target on their back of winning the President's Trophy and being the number one overall team in the league. And then also understanding, you know, the, the, the playoffs were very unique this season for the East in the sense that every team that made the postseason in the East finished the regular season with 100 points or more. Washington had 100 points in the regular season. This was not a normal one versus eight. You know, you knew that in the first round, there were multiple really good teams that were going home. You know, we we just saw it, you know, in the first round. Boston uh, didn't advance. Pittsburgh didn't advance. The Toronto Maple Leafs in advance. advance. Um, so I think I, I went into even the Panthers' first-round series against the Capitals knowing, okay, there's a lot of pressure for them to not only win this series, but to have to beat a really good team to do it. And, yeah, so, I mean, my stress level, the entire time. We should have had a camera just isolated on me (laughs) to to see my responses. Um, I should have been wearing a heart rate monitor to really keep track of of how I was doing. But um, the whole time, it was just, you know, high intensity games, really other than game two being kind of a blowout for the Panthers. Every game was tight, comeback wins, overtime wins. Um, So yeah, really just a ton of credit to the Florida Panthers for, for showing that they could play a physical, gritty, grinded-out style in the playoffs.
1: Well, Jessica, what was interesting to me is as we all, I guess, were on the same page of living and dying with every minute, which is really hard to do when it comes to hockey. (laughs) Like every minute, if you're doing that, you really almost die. And we did that a lot. It felt like this team had sort of been prepared for this all year long. And as you watch regular season hot, regular season sport, especially hockey, Stanley Cup playoffs is the toughest thing. I kept telling myself they can't win this way in the playoffs. They, they, it was freaking me out, but they did. They kept winning that way in the playoffs. And it's almost like, unlike past Panthers teams where you would see them fall under the pressure, this team under pressure is where they wanted to be. And Brunette, who's supposedly the interim coach, didn't act like an interim coach. Like Defoe said, he was making calls that you would have to be in the league 20 years to make and not batting an eye, the team didn't bat an eye, and every time he trusted in them, where I was stressing out, it seemed like they, okay, good, thank you, you're still here with us. And they did things I you would not expect to see in a Stanley Cup playoff.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, as you think about it, you know, the regular season is, is so incredibly different than the Stanley Cup playoffs. You know, games tighten up so much. Yep. And, and, yeah, like you said, you know, you're not expecting – in the playoffs, to overcome a three-goal deficit, uh, you know, like they did in Game Five, um, you're not expecting to pull your goalie with what three minutes left, and and the puck just missed scoring an empty net goal for the for the opposing team by inches, and then you come back and, and you score a game tying goal and win it in OT. I mean, just some of these moments in this series were unreal, um, and I think you know, so many guys talked about it. Those first couple of games maybe a little bit of nerves, maybe, maybe feeling the pressure a little bit, uh, maybe not really playing to their identity. And then, um, you know, they had a, a team meeting after game three, when they went down uh, two games to one. And he kind of talked about the importance of getting back to who they were and believing in each other and knowing what they were capable of. And, you know, then you see, how the next couple of games played out and uh, really, you know, game four, five, and six, a lot back to their identity that we saw in the regular season. You know, the ability to not be out of game, the ability to overcome deficits, uh, you know, the ability to, to have depth scoring. Um, so I think in those last couple of games of the series, we saw the Panthers, not just establish a little bit of what their playoff identity is going to look like, but just really get back to what we've known them to be throughout the course of this past regular season.
0: The lonely Jessica Blaylock of Valley Sports Florida with us here on the Defoe Show. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby-Lubitz, glad to have you guys along for the ride. Um, I have to say, uh, 3 nothing. They're in game number five. I, I actually put on a pair of Depends, I Jessica. Dead. I couldn't. I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> I don't know, I know. about you. I on my hair was standing up like Don King, and
2: part. I. I just buried my hand, my head in my hand, uh, on yeah. the desk for yeah when it went down three nothing. Yeah,
0: I had a piece of swordfish. I was sitting in a restaurant watching a game at a bar, and uh, that that thing nearly went. Thank God I missed the screen. I probably would have had to pay for the damages there. But they come back, and and that one, and it was kind of wild. Now, a couple of things. I mean, uh, you know, Luby and I always go to the stat sheet, but I I believe the final number was 0 for 17 on the power play. As they say in Brooklyn, what's up with that? I mean, uh, what what are we going to do about that, Jessica?
2: Yeah, it's really, uh, it's unreal. If you think about it, uh, we talked about actually the stat of, you know, teams that have won a playoff series without scoring a power play goal. And previously it was only three teams and it all happened in 2020, um, Mm. you know, Columbus, Montreal, and then the lightning beating, uh, Columbus. I think it was in, in that next round. Um, and it's crazy. You think about the importance of special teams, and you know how how much that can play or impact, you know, not just the game, but but an overall series. And I think what makes it even crazier is that the Capitals, especially TJ Oshi, you know, Oshi had four power play goals in the series. So yeah, um, I, I think it's one of those things where, you know the Panthers are almost in their own head at this point right now on the man advantage. Um, and I think once you get that first power play goal, uh, it, it's going to, it's going to break things open, you know, it, it's almost, it almost, I think reached the point where they were either overthinking it or maybe trying a little too hard, really looking for that first one rather than just letting the plays, you know, kind of naturally unfold Um, So I think right now at this point it almost feels more like it's got to be a mental breakthrough on the power play than anything else because they did have some good looks. They did have some good opportunities, especially when they went back to that five forward uh, look that they ended the season with. But, but yeah, I think the biggest thing at this point with the power play is just just this breakthrough, you know, mentally get that first one and then things are going to settle back down.
1: So, What's interesting about this team, as opposed to—I don't know if you were around here—the last time they made a run was it was a lot of no-name guys. Yeah, Ray Shepard was okay, and Mellonby had had some success, and Drovekop was a big-time draft pick, and Beesbrook had had a nice career. But it was a bunch of guys that had come together, Lindsay, and they and played well. This team's not that. Like this team star-studded. Like Barkov's one of the top five to ten players yeah. in hockey. Huberdeau should have won the Hart Trophy. He's not even a finalist because that's how South yeah, Florida is which treated. Is ridiculous. Ekblad, one of the best defensemen in hockey, probably would have won that last year. Bobrovsky has shined on the playoff stage, won Vezina trophies, plural. Like, this team's loaded. They then trade for Giroux, a guy who, it probably taking it for the Hall of Fame, you know. But the guy that stole this series is a guy that, yeah, we've heard his name, but he's making $2 million over, like, two years. Connor Heggie had one of the greatest yeah. playoff series ever, uh, literally five points in a game, and I think he scored at least a point or two in every single game. Where the heck did that come from? And what did did that mean to this team to see a guy like that who's shying to that level?
2: Well, I think, you know, and Jovo and I were talking about this. uh, I think people forget, you know, Carter Verhage won a scoring title in the AHL. Carter Verhage has a Stanley Cup. He won a Stanley Cup with the Tampa Bay Lightning. This is a guy who had the talent, but when he played for Tampa, was just buried on the yeah. roster because of their incredible depth. So I don't think that Carter Verhage's performance and, you know, because think about, too, when he came to, to Florida, he's been playing top-line minutes for them since he got here. So I, I don't think at this point that people should be surprised at Verhage's talent and what he's brought to this team. I think it was a matter of getting the right opportunity with the right team. And that's exactly what he has gotten with the Florida Panthers. And yeah, I mean, stepped up and single handedly made a huge impact in that series against the Capitals, including that five point night, which set a franchise record for most points in a game, in a in a playoff game, you know. And so um he is he is a player that Andrew Burnett, I always go back to this word, you know, describes him as just tenacious. He has such a nose for the puck. Um, He is he is so so good at pursuing the puck and getting possession of the puck and and making plays happen and I think I think you're seeing a guy who the talent was always there but now the talent has had the opportunity to shine and grow and develop and you know push the pace for this team and 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 do what he was always capable of he just needed the chance to show people what he was capable of. So, um, yeah, you know, looking at that series, all I can say is uh, we're going to remember that, that playoff performance in that series for a long time to come.
0: Right up there with the Bill Lindsay goal. It flashed before me a couple of times during the series. Uh, Lindsay flying, uh, you know, prone oh, to the yeah. ice and uh, slapping one in there in uh, a huge playoff yeah. win. Uh, Jessica Blaylock, our uh, guest here on the Defoe show uh, from Bally Sports, Florida. And uh, it's funny, too, I mean, to hear Luby uh, talking about Huby getting screwed for the uh, Hart Trophy, which he thought was named after Mary Hart, <laughs> or, uh, Jim heard. Ray Hart, or, or Jimmy the Mouth of the South Hart, uh, you know, before. <laughs> He had this bet with Mayo uh, on the series. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, a dirty word. Uh, and uh, I hesitate to mention is because my dogs are kind of circulating around the, you know, uh, location we're broadcasting from here in the house. And uh, they don't like to hear the word Vasilevsky. <laughs> <laughs> they start barking. Yeah. And, uh, they they go crazy. Now, now this guy's good. And, and uh, once again. I mean, uh, I, yeah. I think he had some incredible number, like five straight shutouts in, in clinching games God. for the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, as they're uh, you know, going back to back to win the Stanley Cup. And, and he was a difference, I thought, in, in the series last year uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So um, what, what's your feeling about that? And, and is Bobrovsky showing enough uh, strength to make <laughs> you think that he can counterbalance what we probably figure Vasilevsky's going to do in terms of magic between the pipes?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, first off, you know, I think to, to be the best, uh, you know, what's, what's the sports cliche? To be the best, you got to be the best, yes. right? Yes. I kind of love that, you know, the Panthers' path to the Cup now includes having to knock off the Tampa Bay Lightning. Not just Zach but the team that is, you know, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champ. Um, I think that, you know, you look at that series between Tampa and Toronto. I think you saw in game one, you know, Vasilevsky gave up five goals to the Leafs. Um yeah. he's still, yes, a hundred percent. He's still the best goaltender in the league. I completely, completely agree with that. But I think that there's also opportunity there, you know, and the and the Panthers put a few goals on him in the regular season too. So um I, I I'm excited to see. I I really am. I'm so pumped for this series against the Lightning. And, yes, on the flip side, I think Sergei Bobrovsky has been incredible. I think he was so good in that series against the Capitals. I think he had a really, really good regular season where he worked hard coming into it, and the results obviously showed. Um, I think the Panthers overall, these guys out on the ice, have so much confidence. Having him back there in the net and especially the way that he played against the Capitals, he made so many huge saves, so many huge saves that kept the Panthers in the game and put them in a position to win the series. And, you know, there were so many times where we're so focused on, you know, Verhage's performance or Reinhardt because he got that game-tying goal in game four or, you know, whatever it may have been. But there were so many times Sergei Bobrovsky could have been the player of the game, you know, in, in every game against the Capitals. So, um, I, I feel, feel really good with what we've seen from Bob. I know that you're going to have your hands full anytime you're facing a team that, that includes Andre Vasilevsky. Um, but I, I think there's opportunity there. And, and I'm, I'm really, really pumped to see how this series plays out
0: can't figure it out about my man uh, one of the great pickups uh at, at a trade deadline for a team that he was contending what? uh the great Claude Giroux, who had uh I mean, yeah. he, he was a major catalyst in those last couple of games especially uh with, with the yeah. late game drama and uh, some big plays that that he made uh, big time veteran plays uh indicative of what he did uh, when he was with the flyers in his heyday uh before they opted to uh you know let him uh go and then in this case, uh, seek uh, greener pastures. All right. Uh, Jessica Blaylock, well, there's one more thing, if you don't mind. Uh, you know, actually two. Uh, I lied about that. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Now we talked about this earlier in the program, Jessica, before you came on. Uh, there never really was any great steamy rivalry, uh, inside uh, the various professional, uh, you know, franchises in their individual sports here in Florida, like the dolphins. I, I don't care if they're playing Tampa Bay, maybe yeah. with Brady there. Uh, Jacksonville doesn't, uh, you know, have any luster since Brunel left, but it was never like a big thing. Like, Whoa, man, I got to go to that Jacksonville game, uh, when the dolphins were playing them, heat, uh, with Orlando. I mean, uh, maybe, uh, you know, a long time ago, but it never really developed into like an in-state, uh, rivalry where, uh, the two teams didn't like each other, like say the Gators and the Canes, uh, and sure. In this case, though, I mean, you would know this better than we would. I mean, the, the, these two teams really don't like each other. I mean, uh, th- this is like, you know, one of those uh, UFC press conferences where uh, Dana White has to feign separating them, even though, you know, th- they're not going to kill each, <laughs> each other till they get into the ring. But uh, is there really genuine bad blood here uh, with Tampa Bay and the Florida Panthers, Jessica Blayla Oh,
2: I think so. I think it's absolutely turned into a, a- – really, really good rivalry, not just in the state, but in the NHL. You know, everyone that I talked to uh, was pulling so hard for a Florida-Tampa rematch because of how good that series was last year. And, you know, we saw it, we've seen it for the past couple of seasons now. Like, these games, they get pretty nasty. Uh, yes. They get pretty intense. These two teams know each other so well. And you think about especially how many times um, they saw each other, you know, during the COVID shortened season and, and, and last year, and then in the playoffs and, you know, the intensity and the, the, uh, the bad blood just continues to grow each time. And um, I fully expect, you know, we, we thought it was a physical intense series against the Capitals. I fully expect for this series against Tampa to be even that much more, um, physical and intense, you know, and I think a big part of that does stem from the way these two teams feel about each other and the the constant question, you know, who really is the best hockey team in the state of Florida. And now you've got the, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions facing off against the team that won the president's trophy and finished number one in the league. And, oh, you better believe that these, these games are gonna be—they're gonna be good. They are gonna be good, and a big part of that is because of how much this rivalry has developed over the past couple of years. Um, so, yeah, I'm—I like I said, I am really looking forward to it, uh, and and to see just kind of how these series are gonna play out from from not just the you know the X's and O's. But kind of the emotional intensity that goes along with it too.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, they, there could be some ugliness. Uh, I saw a clip. I don't know when this uh, took place or who the uh, lightning player was, but Sam Bennett looked like Rocky Marciano. I mean, I do remember. Yeah, uh, that, one
3: that of was the biggest poundings uh, I've ever uh,
0: seen in a hockey fight. Yeah. yeah so no love lost uh, there. All right. One final thing: uh, th- these I've never hockey games. I had a uh, front
2: row seat to that fight, by the way. How did? Where did he come from? I saw him tweet out a video of that fight uh, from that regular season game. And I said, I said, I don't think he's is just the ice side. When did he get A-list status? <laughs> he, he has a way of
0: warming his way into well. things. I mean, exactly. uh, he really is, uh, you know, if it's uh, free, it's me uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, the whole uh, journalistic <laughs> ethic about, uh, you know, uh, you're trying to, uh, you know, Never have to pay for a thing. Um, all right. Uh, the, these one-run games, uh, the Marlins are experiencing. I know you, you also do a fine job with the Marlins yeah. as well. Uh, but you've uh, really been enjoying your uh, coverage, especially during that first playoff series with the Florida Panthers, uh, w- which was far more compelling than early season Major League Baseball. But it, it's been torture. I mean, it, it, what, what's up? I mean, who, who's gargling with more Maalox, Uh the uh, brass of the Panthers or Don Mattingly at, at this stage of the season?
2: Yeah, it, it, it has definitely been tough. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've watched as many games as I can when I haven't been on, uh, on Panthers duty. Uh, and you know, even working Panthers games the other night, I, I had the game on, I think, I think it was when Pablo pitched and struck out nine and they lost two to one. And yeah. you know, I, I, I just, I feel for these You know, for these, for these games, just how tough they are, uh, and especially when you get pitching performances like you do from Sandy or you do from Pablo or, you know, and you just can't find the run support. And and sometimes, you know, sometimes, especially in baseball, when it's such a long season and you just have so many ebbs and flows of a season, it just kind of rains, you know, when it, when it pours or, or whatever the saying is where, When you get the, when you get the run support, you can't get the pitching or vice versa. When you get the pitching, you know, it's tough to to get the run support. So, um, the one thing I'm encouraged by is, is you always know with this rotation. Yeah. Every once in a while they're going to have a a tough outing, but for the most part, you're always going to give yourself a chance in games with this starting rotation and the way that it's built. Uh, and now we're seeing Solaire you know kind of kind of hit his stride power wise and and uh we're seeing that it's not just one guy in the lineup right that's having to get it done you you look at the lineup and you feel like okay if 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 Soler doesn't get on base you know as you do up next. and as certainly has power and as can't get on base then you know you got guys like Andy or Avisio Garcia or Cooper or whoever it may be and and you at least know you're always going to give yourself a chance in it at that. Um, so I think it's just one of those, just one of those tough stretches because, you know, they, they won seven straight earlier in the season. This team is certainly capable of winning yeah, all games. Good. Uh, oh, wow. I don't think that's the issue. Um, it's just sometimes in, in a season that is so incredibly long, you just kind of go through these stretches where it almost seems you know, not necessarily what the opponent is doing, but you just kind of can't seem to get out of your own way, right? And so I, I think this team's going to be fine. I know the one-run losses are frustrating, but again, uh, I think you look at overall uh, the, the makeup of this team and, and what they did during that seven-game stretch, and you see the potential and you see the the, the wins from earlier this year, and, and you know at some point they're going to be on the winning side of some of these tough ball games.
0: All right. Well, as we anticipate the traditional uh, collapse of the Mets, uh, the one thing that might uh, yeah. haunt me uh, to my grave is that far three-run homer with two away in no. the ninth oh, inning God. of a two-nothing ball game. Uh, yeah, that, especially that since it was awesome. a guy that was that here was just brutal. last year. That that was ugly, Jessica. All right, we love you. Uh, yeah. Thanks so much for being on the show. Fantastic stuff as always. Uh, I, I'm assuming. You will be uh, on the uh, same uh, duties uh, w- with the Panthers' second series, or uh, does the local broadcast team so a get to little series? A little bit, series. bit
2: different. Yeah. yeah. A little bit different. Now that, now that it's the second round, uh, you know, we can't obviously do okay. the game broadcast. The game itself is taken over uh, by national coverage at this point. But we will have you covered for post-game shows. Um, oh, cool. So All after right. every game, of the series, yeah, we will be doing full post-game shows, full breakdowns. Um, and so you can catch all of the, the post-team shows for, for Florida Panthers uh, coverage on Valley Sports Florida.
0: Nice. All right, great, and we'll look forward to seeing Craig Madomini's face pinned to the glass uh, as he uh, attends the game as a spectator uh, after working the Marlins series. Uh, Jessica, uh, wonderful, as always, having you on the show. Really appreciate it. Applaud your uh, work there. It's a delight to watch you uh, and uh, uh, your team there uh, on TV. Really made that series a lot more fun and a lot more uh, interesting from many different angles. Uh, Thanks so much uh, for being with us on the program. It's always a pleasure.
2: Thank you guys and so happy for Florida Panther fans that they got to celebrate that series win. They definitely, definitely deserve it. They've been waiting a long time. And so, uh, let's keep this, let's keep this, let's keep this ride going for sure. Exactly.
0: All right. Yeah. And I hope I don't run out of Xanax uh, during the second round. <laughs> 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 Cause it was wild. I mean, I yeah. was some ride. Yeah, thanks for being with us. Uh, always out. a pleasure. Yeah,
2: the, the playoffs, yeah. the playoffs will officially be sponsored by Tums. Exactly. Here
0: guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm eating Xanax bars like they were Hershey bars when I was a kid. I mean, just one after another trying to maintain <laughs> some kind of composure. Watching these games, it was great. A real tightrope uh, walk uh, all the way through. All right, thanks. Uh, always great. And I uh, hope to speak to you again uh, during the second round of the uh, series here, uh, the uh, quest for the Stanley Cup. Uh, h- how tough is it to win that trophy, Mike Luby Lubitz? I mean, it does sound like sporting cliché and, and that you're just pandering to the few mm-hmm. – you know, hockey psychos that are out there uh, that always somewhat. I mean, is it true that they represent more of a cult following than, than an actual sports following? This is the uh, major sport that, you know, ranked fourth in virtually every category of the, uh, you know, the big four sports and, and probably still does. Right. I, I don't know. Are, are these uh, TV networks they they're, they're not getting enough excitement. Do people watch whole hockey games even at this level? Luby, unless their team is involved?
1: Oh, that's the thing is, I used to years ago. Now I only really watch my team when it comes to hockey. Um, But they're getting a lot of me right now. I don't know what they're going to get next round. It's going to be interesting to have the Heat and the Panthers go head-to-head. I don't know what the heck I'm going to do.
0: All right. right, We'll come back. We'll wrap things up. Let me tell you about Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill, then. What's going on there? Now, John Kajemi, what's the story with Kajemi? Is he coming back soon? He's got a few weeks off. Uh, He had to rearrange his schedule. Yes, but uh, we certainly like to incorporate him into the show, especially, you know, there wouldn't have been much today by comparison to the no, rest of the not sporting like
1: NFL world. right
0: now. And that's the what Talk of uh, the NFL, but the Dolphins did make a move by signing Melvin Ingram, a uh, supposed uh, ferocious edge really rusher. Defensive end, yeah. Yeah.
1: Edge, yeah, he's really good.
0: All right, so uh, they're, they're all in there, uh, Luby. What do you think?
1: All in. <laughs> I'm happy. I, this is what I've wanted. Like, people, Dol- Dolphin fans were talking to themselves. Uh, Weird about like, uh, well, who knows? Da, 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 da. I, I'm happy. They're a team that won nine games and ten games the last two years, and they have a better roster. That's a good thing.
0: And this I'm is how sick the uh, gambling world has become. Uh, there are lines on games like that are taking place in December. I, I guess <laughs> maybe this has been going on for a while. But even I, who pay you know uh, great pays uh, great attention to this sort of thing, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't have thought about wow. I mean, I, I think I'll take the the Bills in December, uh, getting four nah. from. Uh, you know, the Chiefs, I, 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 how do you no. make a judgment like that no. at, at this stage? I mean, it's the same thing, like the silly exercise of running through the schedule. I, I was just, uh, when I was uh, doing a little, you know, morning research here about, you know, results and things that happened in sports last night, I'm online on CBSSports.com, and they actually have a guy analyzing who, who got hosed in the scheduling, <laughs> which I, I guess, you know, people do, uh, you know, when you have a team like the Raiders, uh, when – especially when they were in Oakland. I don't know. There's the same whole true now that they're in Las Vegas where they, they were just traveling like, uh, or, or the, uh, you know, Seattle Seahawks always have, you know, you would think an onerous travel schedule because they have to travel the most miles and then they're going west coast to east coast and playing one o'clock games. You know, very tough. But uh, does it require in-depth analysis at this point in time, Luby, to see who got hosed on the schedule?
1: No. Oh, no. The whole schedule releasing is a total joke. Like, who yeah. cares? I've never cared about that ever. Like, it's, Me either, yeah. That makes I don't, well, because that's the thing, especially, look, the NBA, you have an idea, and we saw some teams, like, the Mavericks get a little better, and you saw the uh, Hawks fall back, and you saw the Cavs get a little bit better, but for the most part, you have an idea in the NBA. The NFL, every year, it changes. Like, the Bengals weren't supposed well, to be in the
0: Super Look at all this transition uh, the Dolphins have gone through. I mean, you think they did this to be like a, a nine and eight team again?
1: Well, and that's the thing. is like all the, this idea that everyone's going to be as good as we think they are never happens in the NFL. So to look at yeah. the schedule now and do the win loss thing, it's fine. I mean, but it means literally zero. And to sit here and really do it where you're actually going to put your money on it now, are you kidding me?
0: No way. Well, and, and it kind of went uh, with the antithesis in terms of philosophy and uh, positioning uh, to what, uh, and I was thinking about this this morning. Uh, What Jimmy Johnson would do, where where Jimmy was the guy that would trade away a Tyreek Hill to get a zillion draft picks, uh, which he did with the Herschel Walker deal. Still legendary in uh, NFL history and uh, obviously one of the most transformational deals, which was mocked universally by virtually everybody. That's so funny. Now, you know, you've had that backfire also. I mean, when Mike Ditka, you know, traded his entire draft there with the uh, New Orleans Saints to get Ricky Williams. Yes. And Ricky turned out to be okay so was, when he was with the Saints. Now he had his, his big years with Dave Wonstadt yes. when Wonstadt <laughs> ran him into the ground and made him carry the ball 600 times. Honestly. This poor man. No wonder he was smoking all that weed and reading, uh, you know, strange novels at the foothills of the Himalayas <laughs> while living in a tent for a while. <laughs> had to be suffering from some serious dementia. And he wasn't uh, all that uh, outgoing to begin with, right? This kind of jim eisenreich condition where you know around crowds
1: yeah he had a social anxiety thing
0: broke out in hives yeah 100%. that happened to me too whenever i'm about sure. to do a show yeah yeah definitely <laughs> what are these blotches yeah right <laughs> anyway I, I was thinking, what, what would jimmy think? Would do you think that this was wise i mean to go all in tyreek hill and then uh, make all of these other maneuvers and and you're sort of position now without knowing if you have a quarterback that that can uh, be capable uh, of uh, executing some kind of uh, you know real progressive step for the team they they would have to win like a 11 or, or 12, yes, games win 11, 12 games to be looking what they did and what they did as being successful would they not if they come back with like a 10 and 7
1: no you don't Is that call any all that for 10 and great
0: seven. great shape yeah no
1: you don't do everything they've done for 10-7. i mean you just don't you don't keep the guys they keep uh, keep the defense intact bring back the defensive coordinator do the move they did to get a Tyreek change build.
0: coaches? Yeah, I mean, bring all uh, the running yeah. backs,
1: make the move for Cedric Wilson Jr. I mean, literally trade all
0: your draft done. picks. Uh, you know, pretty much except for like a third and a seventh. Unbelievable. You do that for a playoff. Uh, run. But I, I was wondering what Jimmy would think about all this, and, and, and I'm I'm not sure. You know that he wouldn't take the position that uh, they really blew it. That they should have counted on their own ingenuity and acumen in picking oh, players and had a young roster of guys that uh, you know were going to be a complimentary to. Uh, a quarterback that they may ultimately have to move on from after this year, maybe even during this year. <laughs> that's possible. But uh, great place to watch the season. Wow. I oh, mean, yeah. uh, opening day, I think I'm going to go to that Patriot game if I get lucky enough. Nice. to Score some tickets off of our, our good friends from Deal Volkswagen. I there don't you know go. if that maneuver is still, uh, you know, well open. I, I, I would assume that's going to happen. But uh, so uh, i be it that game. But uh, any other game during the season, uh, what a place to go. Jimmy Johnson's big chill yes, a- and a great place to chill out. Wow. It's getting muggy out there, Luby. Yep. Don't you want to be just sitting with, like, uh, even if your knees are just in the pool, right? Where you're sitting <laughs> on the ledge there. Just hanging out. Doesn't it feel better than if you're just taking a, an absolute physical beating outside? Oh, yeah. With the sun and, and then uh, the impending rain and, and all of this humidity. I've noticed I'm schwitzing more in my walk of life. Yeah, it's So a uh, great place to relax and chill out during these uh, hot summer months. Uh, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill, also a great place to dine. Terrific food. Dominic and Jimmy does a great job in the yep. kitchen there. The vibe is always good. And wow, with all of the sports going on, wow, Loopy, think about this weekend. I know. Where you have all of these things happening. The French Open, the PGA uh, concluding on a Sunday. Preakness Stakes taking place on Saturday. And then uh, all of the basketball and hockey playoffs uh, and baseball going on at the same time. Great place to watch it. Take it all in. Get yourself a great meal. Something terrific to uh, drink as well at reasonable prices. Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill, Mile Marker 104, uh, catching the essence and the vibe of Key Largo on the overseas highway. All right, we'll come back and wrap things up. Uh, been a lot of fun being with you. So many uh, doors to uh, open here in the sporting world. And I have to say, once again, I mean, it, it, it's a departure from the real world, which uh, has, you know, reared its ugly head insane. over the weekend. Twice. In fashion's. Wow, three times.
1: Three? Oh God, I don't
0: know what the third. One. We're three shootings. In Buffalo, yeah, yeah, Minnesota. The, what was the third one? Crazy people. There was one in a church, and uh, a another one. Yeah, Buffalo. yeah. The supermarket one in Buffalo was, uh you know, hideous with ten people being killed. Uh, there was one in a church and, and another one, uh, another location also. Oh God, it's weird that you can't keep track of it because uh, so you know problems. it's like a matter of routine and. Very sorry circumstance out there, and uh, you know all these people, uh, gun advocates. I mean, I don't know what the answer is. There's probably no one simple answer. No, no obviously. Because you you can't, as I've said about many of my relationships, you, you can't you can't comprehend and dissect and understand crazy.
1: No, that's the thing.
0: Yeah, if a person's crazy, they're crazy. I mean, yes. there's very little you can do about uh, you know uh, stopping it unless you somehow have an eye on virtually everybody. Yeah, you know? Exactly. Is this is some uh, ugly stuff that was happening. Yeah, so, our sad. sympathies go out to all of the people that were impacted. We're all impacted yeah, and affected yeah, by it. Yeah, it's sad. Who wants to think you're going to roll down the street here to the supermarket and uh, somebody's <laughs> going to start shooting up the parking lot? Forget about it. All right. Uh, so, uh, good to have the uh, deviation uh, into the sporting world. And, yeah. and that's where we will stay here on this program as we continue in a moment. Now that. It's 53. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously. Friendly atmosphere. Not too loud, but good energy. Reasonable prices and a place where you feel comfortable. You're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. Good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched. Steaks hand-cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at mile marker 104, the Big Chill also offers waterfront dining while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at Mile Marker 104 in Key Largo. For more
2: information, call today at 305-453-9066.
1: Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Verizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Seven to ten times more money recovered with a public adjuster than if you went on your own. If there's no recovery, there's no fee, for you call the insurance company, call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Kesta at 954-809-8752.
2: I have sinned against you, my lord. The only way to get your morning started is with Defo, joined by Luby, right here on The Defoe Show.
0: Welcome back to the show. Good to have you guys with us here on The Depot Show. Peel yourself off the Matt Monday. Jeff DeForest and Mike Luby Lubitz. A lot of exciting things coming up uh, during the week. Uh, and uh, I would imagine Tony Segretto will be all over this thing. Uh, how much time do you think uh, we will spend on the women's <laughs> softball, softball playoffs where, once again, uh, his Florida State team and your Florida State team, yes. uh, which uh, you, you don't talk all that much about.
3: Oh, no. The we Florida
0: State women's softball, softball team. Not exactly a mainstream and... thing. Jim no. Sarney would appreciate this. <laughs>
3: would.
0: But uh, that's happening. I would have to say, I, I, I'm overwhelmingly impressed with the progress that women made as, and I consider that version of softball to essentially be uh, the equivalent of the women's version of hardball, no? No, no? You don't see that many women that actually play uh, hardball, no. uh, you know, the traditional, uh, you know, baseball. But, uh, the progress that these girls have made is pretty incredible. Now, now we know the pitching is almost impossible to hit. That would never And try. yet they do hit, uh, you know, and they hit with power. Uh, but the fielding is, is sensational. Yep. I, I don't know. I mean, you, you know, the feeling, I was thinking about some of the great things, uh, the feelings that you get uh, from playing sports at, at any level. And, uh, you know, it really uh, can be inspirational and uh, something that's influential in your life. But when you uh, feel good about yourself, right, Louie? I mean, I was trying to figure, uh, is there – what would be the greatest pleasure? Is it uh, sort of jogging in from the outfield after you made a great catch? Uh, maybe walking off the mound after you struck out the side in the ninth? Uh, hitting a shot, uh, oh, twisting, turning three pointer out of the corner to ice a basketball game at the buzzer? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, these are all things that you may or may not have experienced, but um, always fun. And, and like I said, at any level, I mean, just creaming a shot uh you know cross-court winner to uh win a tennis match after uh you know even if you're playing a guy that uh, isn't all that great and your level isn't uh so terrific i mean just the fact that you were able to do it and now uh you know you, you walk to the net there for the uh congratulatory uh hey great game go fuck yourself <laughs> which is probably i don't know are they thinking that it seems like uh you know they they, they kind of get together maybe you know they, they get together and actually acknowledge each other as was the case with um this fight you see it in boxing a lot and there's no greater i i will stop and watch that that hockey tradition i mean this is another one of those things
1: i think that's crazy
0: the handshake line is like
1: uh
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean you guys are knocking the living daylights out (laughs) of each other with the venomous attacks and uh and then, you know, right after the, you know, it's like seconds after the game is over. It's like 4-3 in overtime or 3-2 yeah, like this that, one in Calgary did. Yeah. And, and uh, they were already in the line there like it was a Little League game. Remember, you used to do yeah, that in Little League. What we
1: do it with my kids. And even when I, it's hard for me sometimes after a game that matters not at all with little kids. they go shake the other team's hand, even though I make my team do it every game. Like to watch grown adults after they put their blood, sweat, and tears into a series. then they go, good job. And it's like, good job. Yeah.
0: But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I do have to applaud the women out there that are playing uh, softball. Yeah, I, the fine. defensive plays that are made—that uh, you know—you see them highlighted on, on Sports Center, But uh, in general, I mean, I, I didn't know. What, you know, I mean, this is not meant to be misogynistic or uh, sexist. But uh, w- women didn't play baseball like that. Nah. You would find a one rare girl, you know, that yeah. that could actually play. When I was growing up, and you know, stick with the, you know, and be a viable uh, component. Of a game involving guys, right? Are we going to let Alice play? Okay, uh, and, you know, and and you could count on uh, you know that girl to make you know the competent plays, whatever position she was playing. But uh, universally, I mean, uh, the, the improvement is incredible. And as I said, I mean, with the French Open on the horizon, uh, we should acknowledge this uh, young lady, Iga Swiatek. Okay, has won twenty-eight straight matches in Jeez. five consecutive tournaments. Wow. And and she doesn't appear to be like, uh, you know, that that dominant force. Like, uh, you know, when Serena steps on the court, there, oh, yeah. or at least when she did in her heyday, which was a long heyday, uh you know, it was like, oh, my God, what chances does other person have? You, you don't get that feeling at all uh, with uh, Iga Swiatek. And, and yet she finds a way to grind out Wednesday. So she's only lost five sets in the five tournaments where she's won the title. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, and 20, oh no, five cents I think total in the twenty eight matches, yeah, 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 yeah. which is encompasses hell? this run that she's on, and uh, heading into the French Open, uh, uh, unbelievable uh, dominance. Uh, now, Ashley Barty, who was the number one player in the world, she uh, retired just all of a sudden out of nowhere. Uh, I guess wasn't happy with the uh, rigors of touring and had plenty of money, so uh, she, she decided to retire and uh, not play competitively anymore. And, and this Iga Swiatek has just you know taken over yeah, by did. storm. A very competitive uh, women's tennis uh, world and circuit where, you know, as we were saying last week, you watch these. uh, These girls are bringing it, man.
3: Yeah.
0: I'm applauding the women uh, that are, you know, uh, participating in uh, all of these major uh, high-level sporting events. Uh, Now, you Mm -hmm. did have one uh, game, uh, two uh, basketball players that I respect greatly on the female side, uh, Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi. You you would not want to play Taransi one on one tonight, would you, Luby? I
1: always thought she could play with dudes. I was one of those people that, not saying she'd be in the NBA, but when it came to college basketball, that she'd be on some teams. Like she was really good.
0: Yeah, Sue Bird is a different game, but uh, Diana Taransi is like Earl of Pearl Monroe. She was
1: was a G. She was great Uh,
0: among uh, you know women's basketball players. uh, Terrific and very consistent, and still around. Like I mean, what is she like fifty? I think Gino Ariama still had zits when he was coaching he's when, fit, uh, older, yeah. Sue Bird and Tarasi were playing there at the University. Rebecca Lobo was uh, probably on those teams, though. <laughs> <no? laughs> think about uh, the people that this coach has had on the uh, squad there while he's uh, drubbing, uh, you know, Quinnipiac. 107 to 30. <laughs> it's great. All right. A lot of fun being with you. Uh, both of our local teams moved on. Uh, yes. And, uh, so uh, Celtics Heat. I-, I think that's terrific. I'm not sure how I feel about that series. Uh, I, I don't know that I would want to pick a winner. Naturally, uh, our heart will be with the Miami Heat Yep. and Pat Riley, especially after that hideous portrayal that he had survived of uh, Pat Riley in winning time by the actor that did. it really made him look like Joe Pepitone. <laughs> and uh, and the Panthers, uh, I, I don't believe, and I, I, this is impossible to determine, but I don't believe there was any pressure at all over the fact that uh, this team, you know, was trying to account for 25 years of playoff futility. By the Florida Panthers. I, I think they just went out there and played their game. Caps gave them all they could ask for. Uh, they were very lucky to survive in many ways, and at the same time, uh, they kind of did their thing uh, to a lesser extent than they did in the regular season when they were winning every night, no matter uh, what was taking place. And very nearly, were, we're trailing that series three games to one, which uh, the Rangers were able to bounce back from, but uh, who, who knows what would have happened there if you're down 3-1 to the Capitals, who were right in uh, every game all the way through for the most part. I guess there were two lopsided games, and everything else was like airtight with, with the Panthers on the ropes in almost all of those games. So uh, a very interesting weekend. I did want to mention, too, this uh, Jamel Charlo. Congratulations to uh, him, boxer, 154 pounds, uh, one of the Charlo twins. His brother, twin brother, also excellent, is the middleweight champion, and he became the undisputed all four belts, believe it or not. It was weird. They couldn't fit all of the uh, commissioners from the various boxing alphabet soup organizations in the ring because they all wanted their moment with the guy. Uh, But uh, he he, uh, knocked out this guy, Brian Castaño, in a rematch, uh, and it was a very impressive performance. So uh, I did want to mention that. Uh, It was interesting, too, because they had to kill an hour on Showtime. Castaño gets to the arena late, and then he wants to have all the time that he needs to warm up and get ready. He didn't want to just like rush into the ring there, put the gloves on. So... uh, they were killing time on Showtime. I, I think Jim Gray interviewed every celebrity that ever, uh, you know, uh, was in a movie in L.A. during that period of time. And your man, Mauro he, he nearly screamed himself hoarse. Because even when he's just talking, he's oh, he screaming, screaming. This guy, God. Screaming. I mean, he's interviewing Al Bernstein and uh, Abner Morris, who, who do the commentary. Of course, we love Al, and uh, I, I like Abner Morris. Uh, I don't know how great of a commentator he is yet, but uh, he's a cool cat. And was a great fighter, and just looks the part. But uh, Mara, he couldn't help himself. He, he he was so so exhausted from screaming when they finally got in a ring. He had like nothing left, and, and almost did like a normal call on about, which uh, was uh, contentious at times, but. Uh, this uh, Jermel Charler was the real deal. He's among the best in the world. I, I believe that. All right. Uh, we'll see you guys uh, tomorrow at 7. A lot of fun being with you. Thanks so much to Jessica Blaylock for being with us. A lot to talk about on the show tomorrow with the Heat and the Panthers in action and all the uh, different things that are going on. As uh, This could be one of the greatest week weeks in uh, sports history, I believe, in terms of being a fan with all the different things happening. All right. Uh, we'll see you uh, tomorrow at 7 as we leave you on that. The time. It's 9.05.
2: Let's go to eat a damn snack. Look what they've done to my show.